Pittsburgh. I never keep the receipt. And it always has coupons in there, but not even for the stuff that I always buy. She's like, this is $5 off. This one's $5 off. Hey. She's like, you got to keep this. It's 5 bucks off. I'm like, yeah, give me that. Thanks. She's like, got to look. Every once in a while, you get a gem. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. And then I took it off and I put it Lost in my wallet. It immediately. Then like a week later I go and I try to use the $5 off thing. Doesn't work. Same lady's there. I'm like, remember when you gave this to me last week? <laughs> it does not work. She's like, hold on. And no, she's that like, coupon's Chuck. only good during <laughs> yeah. Fort Pitt tunnel closures. <laughs> oh. It's you, if you buy a case of baby yeah. food. Oh, honey, you had to come right back from your car and then buy <laughs> over $150 worth of that day. Yeah. That's Wait. all that was. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Baltimore blitzes. Van back. Throws that pass. It's caught. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson with 148 to go. Yeah, Steelers football, Thursday night football at the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, we'll get the pregame underway, 4.30 this afternoon. Tim Benz, Rob King, and Dale Lawley. Mike Bursuta, Jerry Dulac, and Bob Labriola take over at 6.20. And then kickoff, 8.20. That's with Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, Missy Matthews, and Max Starks. And then uh, we've got you covered postgame, too. Stan Saverin and Charlie Batch. Dave Damashek joining us on the show today. Steve Byrne in studio. He's going to be at the Improv uh, December 30th through January 2nd. Uh, Bill Crawford going to be with him on those shows, so uh, we'll talk about that today. Big Cat, 8.15. The aforementioned Missy Matthews, uh, 8.45. And Scott Tatey, uh, 9.15 this morning. Uh, that is all on the way. Two minutes after 6 at DVE, here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center. For- Severe Weather Center 11. It is 26 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The CEO of Pfizer is saying a fourth COVID vaccine dose may be needed sooner than expected to fight the Omicron variant. CEO Albert Borla told CNBC real world data was needed to know how well boosters protect against the variant and for how long. Borla originally expected a fourth dose would be needed after 12 months, but he's now saying it might be sooner than that. Preliminary data is showing Omicron can undermine protective antibodies created by the vaccine. Borla confirmed real-world data should be available in a couple of weeks. In just hours, President Biden kicks off a summit for democracy. More than 100 nations will take part in the virtual event. The goal is to help renew democracy in the U.S. and around the world while sending a message specifically to Russia and China. Those countries were not invited and have condemned the summit as Cold War thinking. The White House says the summit will also reveal initiatives to fight corruption and defend free and fair elections. And the House committee investigating January's Capitol attacks says a lawsuit won't slow them down. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows is suing to stop two subpoenas from being enforced after refusing to appear for a deposition on Wednesday. He calls them overly broad and burdensome. The committee will meet next week to advance a report recommending criminal contempt of Congress charges against Meadows. Officials say Seven Springs Mountain Resort is being sold to Colorado-based Vail Resorts. The deal marks the conclusion of the ownership by the Nutting family that bought the company 15 years ago. Under the Nutting family ownership, the resort expanded with Hidden Valley Mountain Resort and Laurel Mountain. That deal is expected to close this winter. Officials say uh, the resort uh, will continue operations at each resort 
as usual through the next season. I think I'm very happy for Bob Nutting. Now all he has to do is sell the uh, the baseball team. There you go. Can you sell the baseball team? Not not to not to Vail, not to the Vail Resort Group, but sell them, please. Well, do you want to leave your job? You're not alone if you do. About 40% of workers are hoping to change jobs next year. That's according to Fidelity's annual financial resolution study, which notes the sentiment is particularly strong among younger people. The study also found nearly three-quarters of Americans expect to be financially better off next year. A group of bakers in Massachusetts recently baked the world's largest brownie, which will do more than satisfy a sweet tooth. It's an 850-pound pot brownie. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it contains about 20,000 milligrams of THC. Ryan Crandall, the chief product officer at cannabis company Merimed, says, We wanted to do something big to celebrate the launch of our Bubby's Baked Infused Baked Good Lines. Uh, and that, what could be bigger than the world's largest cannabis brownie? The company plans to sell the brownie and distribute pieces of it to medical patients in Massachusetts. I just, you know, it's it's incredible that the edibles that are out there, but I just, I don't like the hit or miss. The distribution is really very different. Maybe it's different with a brownie because you're using butter and you're actually baking it so it's more equally distributed. But I don't like to take one bite, nothing happens. Then the next day you take another bite and you're on Mars. <laughs> well, fans of the iconic 70s TV character The Fonz are paying a high price for Fonzie memorabilia. Henry Winkler played Arthur Fonzarelli on the sitcom Happy Days, which mm-hmm. ran from 1974 to 1984. Well, now Bonham's Auction House in L.A. says Fonzie's leather jacket, jeans, and T-shirt have sold at auction for over $75,000. And his 1949 Triumph motorcycle sold for over $230,000. Finally, Mike Mills of R.E.M., Kenny Wayne Shepard, and drummer Kenny Aronoff will play as part of the Jim Ursay Band tonight at the Four Seasons in Austin, Texas. (laughs) It'll be at a private showing of the Indianapolis Colts owner's memorabilia. The collection on display includes Paul McCartney's affidavit to John Lennon that was filed to break up the Beatles, Bob Dylan's 1964 Fender Stratocaster and Ringo Starr's Beatles drum kit and bass drum head used on the Ed Sullivan show. So that is all tonight. Cloudy, 40 degrees for the high today. It's 26 now at DVE. And also tonight, I mentioned previously, Steelers at the Vikings, a 20 kickoff. We will talk plenty about the game. Uh, kind of a must win, it, I think. It's, it's a big game. It's a winnable game. It's a must winnable game. Good. I mean, they the Vikings are stumbling too. They're on a back to back losing streak. They just lost to the to the Lions. They're stumbling, Val. We got to kick them. All right, big prime. Let's get a big prime time win tonight for the Steelers. Mike Pursuta coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's a DVE. Your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, one hundred two point five DVE. Time for the Tomlin Translator. This is a doohickey that the nerds at CMU came up with for us, which allows us to decipher what Coach Tomlin really means with his answers to the queries presented to him at the weekly press conference. You see, he speaks in an almost uh, code 
yeah. that needs to be broken Coded down. language. And we break the code and get to the subtext. Those dorks really did crack the code. Did a great job. Uh, and not a lot this week with the short week. He hadn't even seen the game film from the Ravens game on Monday <laughs> when he gave this press conference. So let's go to the first question. He was asked about whether the criticism from Steeler alumni was bothersome. When former players uh, criticize and basically insult your team, do you take that personally? Does it motivate your players at all? I don't view it as an insult. Um, I, I, I know many of the men, and I know the spirit in which you know, they deliver the message is, is motivational. Okay, what he really meant to say with that answer. Ryan Clark can kiss my ass. He went into the Ravens locker room and gave Ray Lewis a hug after they beat us in the playoffs. Rocky Blarer, well, he scares the crap out of me so he can say what he wants. But Ryan Clark should go root for Brian Kelly and kiss my ass. Oh, I see. There's the mo- Yeah, he's pissed about the LSU thing. Yeah. That's what that's all about. Uh-huh. I get it now. Okay. Uh, next up. Coach was asked about Deontay Johnson and his big bounce back. Mike, we've talked a lot about Deontay Johnson's improvement this year. How have you seen him become more mentally tough? I just think his maturation, you know, um, he's becoming a veteran guy. And so it's reasonable to expect him to get better physically, him to get better intellectually. And so um, we're appreciative of his growth and development, but I don't think anyone's surprised by it. All right. What coach really meant with that answer through the translator. Deontay is fine. It's Chase Claypool who needs a kick in the ass. I keep trying to do it, but it's hard to kick a guy in the ass when he's already falling down. Yeah, you know, he really went out of his way to give Chase Claypool a jab there. Fair point, though. Uh, then asked about the uh, two-point conversion that the Ravens took. Mike, you called timeout before their two-point conversion. Were you anticipating a, a boot or some motion? from Lamar at any point as opposed to straight drop back? You know, you don't really have a crystal ball. You don't know what it is they're going to do. We anticipated them being aggressive in that moment. Uh, More than anything, we call a timeout because we want to get an opportunity to talk about the personnel, potential personnel groups that they were going to employ to get the best personnel group that we wanted on the field to minimize the run component. Mm. Okay, what Coach Tomlin really meant, uh, what he did with that timeout, we took a time out to try and figure out a defense that didn't include giving Devin Bush any responsibility. <laughs> but we didn't have enough time for Keith Butler to call his wife so she could tell him what to do. That's, that's, she probably had a good play dialed up, too. She might have had some good advice there. <laughs> Next question. Uh, Mike, Cam said after the game you gave the game ball to Ben. Could you share why you chose Ben, why you gave it to him? Man, because I've been in a lot of circumstances like that with him, and, and, and he usually does what he did last night. He relishes those opportunities. I'm sure Ben's got a lot of game balls at the house. Okay, through the Tomla translator. Funny thing is, I handed Big Ben the game ball, and he instinctively got rid of it within 2.3 seconds. Uh, well, yeah, he has been quick draw this muscle year. Muscle memory. Yeah. Uh, all right, you know what? Because we're running low on time, skip the next one and go to the go to the last one here, Joe. Go to the last one. Montavious Adams, when he comes in, uh, do you just put him in there and keep it simple and say go in there and play? How much do you? How much information do you give him? Some jobs are easier to do on the fly than others. Um, 
generally, man, the defensive lineman, you tell them what gap to play in and you encourage them to stay in that gap, and it's good business. I don't discount it, but it's probably one of the, the easier positions to, 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 to kind of get on the moving train with. Okay, what Coach Tomlin is really trying to say there through the Tomlin translator. His job is to be a 300-pound moose, a fat berg that clogs the holes of the O-line. It doesn't take a lot of coaching to point at a spot in the defensive line and say, you go right there and be fat. <laughs> Play action pick. Jackson is back. Big rush. He's hit. He's going to be set by T.J. Watt. Well, it's, it's momentum. And, uh... We just have to keep watching the film no matter how we play, and that's the thing. Keep learning from it. We have a really short turnaround. Um, we need to keep stacking wins, and um, we can't get satisfied with where we're at because there's still a long way to go for us. A really short turnaround indeed, so saith the presumptive defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt there. The Steelers back at it again tonight. It's Steeler Thursday. The Steelers and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. 8.20 tonight. Let's go. Mike Pursuit will be in in just a little bit. we got a lot of pregame programming coming up here for you. All day on DVE, really. Pregame starts now. 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 Dave Damashek from the Extra Points podcast, Minus 3 podcast, former NFL Network stalwart. He joins us 6.45 for his weekly pep talk to get you in the right frame of mind for Steelers, Vikings, our buddy Steve Burns going to be in town this weekend. Well, up in Erie, Pennsylvania. Bill, you're going to go up there and do shows with him. Yes, What's, I am. Now, it used to be Junior's Last Laugh. What is it called now? It is a magic club. Yeah, it's probably Borgia's Magic Club. Uh, so Steve will be sitting in studio with us today. Big Cat from Barstool Sports, pardon my take, will join us at 8.15 this morning. Missy Matthews, 8.45 from Steelers.com. Setting the table for what promises to be an epic AFC-NFC matchup. Scott Tatey from the Beaver County Times also going to give us a call. He is in Minnesota for the game. Scott's a music critic, actually. But he's doing something really pretty cool. Him and one of his buddies are doing every NFL stadium. And tonight they cross oh, another one that. off their list. I think they only have two more to go. The stadium in Minnesota is really cool looking. It's it's made to uh, it's built like a Vikings ship. Mm-hmm. It's it's got a very very cool look to it. I'm curious to see like what the what the I, this would have been a fun one to go to too. I think. Uh, I I think they all would be fun to go to this year. Um, they've had some fun road trips: Green Bay mm-hmm. and uh, in Minnesota, Kansas City's coming up, Los Angeles, yeah. But tonight, Big Ben and company hope to reproduce the fourth quarter performance against the Ravens in which they racked up 17 points and stole one from the birdies here at Heinz Field. Big-time injuries on both sides of the ball. The Vikings might end up getting a couple guys back tonight, whereas the Steelers, I don't think you're going to see Joe Hayden. I mean, definitely not going to see Tewitt or Juju. Um, But... uh, Devin Bush needs to step it up tonight. You can put that on repeat over and over again. But is LeGlue all of a sudden the linchpin to the offensive line unlocking a little bit of chemistry here? Will Najee we'll find out. LeGlue be able is to run LeGlue. 
more than a yard without getting eight guys gang tackling him. All these things remain to be seen. Mike Pursuta coming in next, getting you set for Steelers Vikings tonight here on your radio home of the Steelers 102.5. Credit. DVE Sports. All right. Mike Pursuta now with your sports. Getting ready for Steelers Vikings here on the flagship of the Pittsburgh Steelers DVE. It's the flagship against the Viking ship. Steelers at the Vikings tonight. I like it. And uh, Steelers need another W. Keep that uh, thought in mind the rest of the way. Five games left. Uh, they're going to have to win most of them, if not all of them, for this to work out. The good news, hey, at least four of them are winnable, including tonight. Now, that's not to say they should win, but I think every game the rest of the way except Kansas City, you can envision a scenario in which the Steelers would win if they do what needs to be done. Against Baltimore last Sunday, that included playing with the appropriate urgency, but also with discipline and structure. Chris Wormley would like to see them uh, repeat that as necessary. It's nice to see us perform that way because we know we can, and when we do that, it's, it's hard to beat us. Yeah, particularly defensively, if they can rush the passer with a purpose as opposed to with their hair on fire. Uh, if they can have fewer breakdowns in the secondary, just... As the great Dick LeBeau used to say, see what you need to see and be where you need to be. And uh, it's got a chance to work out. I mean, if Wormley keeps playing like he played last week, that that uh, that that D-line is going to get pressure. It, it collapsed the pocket significantly last week. Well, all they got to do is uh, tell the players that they're playing the Ravens again because that seems to bring out the best of them. Right. The Vikings are going to be wearing purple. Should be an do easy Do the water boy yeah. thing. Easy have sell, yeah. Harbaugh's head on every player's shoulders. I like it. <laughs> They're also going to have T.J. Watt tonight, and if this team has T.J. Watt, this team has a chance because he's that good yes. and that disruptive and that impactful. And uh, he's the kind of guy who can win one-on-one uh, -on -one matchups uh, in the rare occasions he gets them. Uh, T.J. Watt thinks that is going to be critical between now and the playoffs. I definitely noticed uh, the NFL is as balanced as ever, like you said, and um, you can scheme up perfect schemes and everything looks great on chalkboards and on whiteboards and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, one-on-one um, -on -one matchups you have to win, and but at the same time you can't get too crazy and try to do too much, and that's kind of the balance that you have to take as a defender, especially an outside linebacker in a scheme like this where we have a little bit more freedom um, to just trust guys around you that they're going to also do their job um, and not go too rogue. Yeah, both teams are in a uh, desperate playoff push. Uh, the Vikings at five and seven are one game off the NFC pace, and the Steelers at six, five, and one are a half game off the AFC pace for the final wild card. But to quarterback Ben Roethlisberger's way, looking at things, the Steelers are in playoff mode already. Oh, uh, kind of. I mean, we've we keep saying when I talk to y'all every week, um, it's a must win. And when you get to playoffs, it's must wins. And so, because of the the hole or whatever you want to say that we've kind of dug ourselves into. And even though we're not really in a hole because of the way the, the AFC is, um, we're still behind some teams and have to do some work and we, we can't let up. And so every game is a must win. Every game is a playoff type, playoff caliber game. And so that's the approach we have to take moving forward the rest of the way. Steelers will likely be without Joe Hayden tonight. Uh, also Robert Spillane, which means they can't bench Devin Bush. And B.J. Finney, who cares? It's the John LeGlue era. That's right. <laughs> what happens if LeGlue gets hurt? They just stop playing. Yeah, they it's, it's over. <laughs> yeah, that that is the deal for it. Uh, Minnesota should get three defensive starters back, including its two best linebackers, 
Uh, strong side backer Anthony Barr and middle linebacker Eric Kendricks. Kendricks, one of the more underrated players in the league. Uh, Vikings are also getting corner Patrick Peterson back off the COVID-19 list. He's not what he once was, but he is not uh, Cameron Dantzler, the guy who's been starting in place mm-hmm. of him. You know, it's it's all relative. <laughs> Patrick Peterson's had better years and seen better days, but he is way better than Dantzler, the guy who's been replacing him. So uh, buckle up and hang on. Both teams play close games. Should be a fun night of football on Thursday night from the Viking ship in Minneapolis. Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett's now undecided about the Peach Bowl on December the 30th against Michigan State. Pickett uh, telling that. I blame to, Madden. He told that to the <laughs> Dan Patrick show yesterday in the wake of the resignation of offensive coordinator Mark Whipple, who has since resurfaced as the offensive coordinator at Nebraska. Uh, I suspect that this has been uh, already decided and that sometime after the Heisman Trophy announcement, there will be an announcement from Pickett that uh, thanks but no thanks. Well, why would he? Well, you know, for the glory of dear old Pitt U. I, I, that's the only reason, but his offensive coordinator just skedaddled. Yeah. I personally think he just is afraid to play Michigan State. That's what it is. Clearly. As, as he should be. Yes. As he should be. What? What's the line if he plays? It opened at pit minus four, which I thought was about right. That's what I would have put it at, four or five in Pitt's favor. I don't know what it is. Boy, now. I don't know that I would have. But Yeah, Pitt, I think, is a really underrated team. People can't get over that Western Michigan game. It happens in college football. They slipped, they slipped on a banana peel. They effed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't want to play them right now, not with Pickett. Do you think that helps or hurts his chances in the draft? What? By not playing. What helps by staying healthy, it helps him a yeah, great deal. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're he, talking about him playing and uh, blowing he's out. He's a Heisman uh, finalist. Yeah, like, nobody can't gonna, get any nobody's gonna hold it against him. They yeah. Just, they uh, the NFL yeah. teams understand that's the way it is. So many people do it. I think they give maybe guys who stick it out and play a little bit of credit for that, but it's not as if that affects whether they get picked or not. It's too much money on the table. Yeah. Well, this is the inherent problem with bowl games. You know, what they need to do is expand the playoff because the playoff has ruined bowl games. If it mattered, if it was of consequence, might yeah. he play? You know, if they were in the mm-hmm. Final Four. See, I think, it's of, I think they're all of consequence, but not to the degree of the playoffs. And if nobody wants to play in them, then what's the point? Like, if Kenny Pickett doesn't want to play, now I'm not real interested in seeing my team play Pitt. Right. Because why do I want to see us play? play their backup quarterback so mm-hmm. so what are we even doing you know like make it a 12 team playoff and then eliminate the rest of the bulls if it's all got to be about playoffs and money and all that then so be it cut to the chase i'm fine with it i like bowl season just because it's fun to bet on a game where yeah. i have i have no knowledge of either team <laughs> yeah just I mean, listen got, to people talk about them for i like five the, minutes. yeah the really crappy games are the ones i really like it got a little out of hand but uh I enjoyed it. You know, seven and four team, seven and five team gets a reward, gets to play one more game. They were yeah. fun to me, and uh, yeah, it's kind of changed into something else. The playoff has ruined that. College football has kind of shot themselves in the foot, and they've turned themselves into the minor leagues. Yes, so they gotta they gotta embrace that. And uh, if it's not a playoff game and no, and nobody wants to play in it, why are you staging it? Almost like because it's always been done. Well, 
it's time to do things a different way because it's a lot of money though. Nobody cares. Now. A lot of TV money well, for the schools. Yeah, if Kenny Pickett doesn't play in the Peach Bowl, who's going to care? People will still watch, just not to. Will they? Not, not. I mean, everybody. Obviously, not as many. How about if Michigan State's running back decides he's not playing? The guy who should have been a Heisman finalist. He's awesome. So, okay, now you got one team without its quarterback and one team without its running back who is the offense. You're watching a spring practice. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not defending <laughs> it. it. I, I I agree with you. I'm saying if it's on TV, people will watch it. I'm not saying it's ideal or defending the way things are being done. I think the NCAA has completely screwed up what made it great. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, the rivalries, the conferences, expanding the conferences the way they did, and letting these guys jump all over the place. West Virginia and the Big Twelve, like their closest rival is Iowa City, and you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pits right up the road. Maybe play them in something. Penn State. I don't know. They don't ask me these things, Rand. Remember when it was the Big East? Yeah. And the uh, Big Ten had ten teams. I remember when the Big Ten had ten teams. Yeah, and, and that's why they called it the Big Ten. And you actually, in basketball <laughs> and in football, you actually played everybody else in your conference. In basketball, you played them twice. Yeah. Home and road. Football, you alternated yeah. years, but you played everybody. You had a true conference champion. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. And it meant something. And yeah. it, like people got excited about winning the Big Ten. That's right. Now, who gives it? Yeah, I know. Did you make the playoff? No? Okay. It ain't what it used to be. This and, just in. Things are changing, and Mike. The, and the playoff is still an invitational. They're not going to not have Alabama in it. In fact, no, you know, they're, they're not going to not have two SEC teams. Right. If Alabama would have lost to Georgia, decided. they still would have made it in. And and Cincinnati, okay, you're undefeated. I get it. Their best win is Notre Dame, which didn't have a win over a top twenty-five team. I, the Cincinnati thing, I always thought was like a matter of principle. Yeah. Oh, you got to let one of the schools from the yeah. crappy conferences in. Hey. They're going to get. Destroyed. Oh. Yes, they are. Destroyed. I'm going to make some money on that game. Roll Tide. Okay. I know you're upset about this. This does suck. No, no, I I like it. I mean, You're still going to watch. Joe's going to watch. I mean, alumni are going to watch this game. If their quarterback doesn't play and our running back doesn't play, I'm not a lot to watch. Really? Seriously. They're not the teams. Yeah, you but can't I mean, take the best player off each I watched team. a whole season of Steelers with Doc Hodges in there. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? Not good. <laughs> but you stick it out. I mean, you do that in the regular season when you're trying to win a conference championship and their standings and every game matters. But if it doesn't matter, why am I watching? Look, you're speaking from the perspective of a Michigan the- State <laughs> fan, but it echoes yeah. those of the Pitt fans right now. I mean, now. I'll still probably watch, but... It's not like I'm going to get excited about it. It's not like I'm going to care. ACC championship was as good as it got for Pitt anyways. Yeah, and that's, a, that's tremendous, right? I mean, yes. that's credit to them. I think. What does the Pitt alumni think? Are you watching this game, Joe, if Kenny Pickett doesn't play? I'll watch, but I agree. I mean, the the AC championship was it for me. I mean, then the way they won that game was so convincing. And then there's yeah. just like three weeks of nothingness. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like death, except, you know, the nothing, your nothingness will end at some point. And there's no bowl game after that. It's the waiting room in Beetlejuice. Welcome to the Pergy, 
Purgatory Bowl. <laughs> Sponsored by the Pool and Weed Eaters. Now, I, don't, I don't think they can change that playoff for at least two more years. I mean, they got to address this. they got to figure something out. I agree. All right, we got to. It's not new, but it's, it's not going away as a problem. Right. Uh, Dave Damashek joining us to get you fired up for Steelers, Vikings, when we return here on the DV. It's your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. Joining us now from Extra Points Podcast, Minus 3 Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Damashek. Yeah, Dave. Let's Applause. go. Come on, Shaq. Applause. Hey, fellas. Big win against the Ravens hey, um... this past Sunday, Dave, and Thursday night football. Tonight, the Steelers and the Vikings. Even though this conjures up memories of Super Bowls, of years past in which uh, the the steel curtain shut down Franny and his uh and his purple grannies <laughs> this game tonight i am a little nervous about this one fellas we like to have our fun this is something i look forward to mm-hmm. every week of football season nay every year it's one of the great thrills of my professional life to get the kibitz with you as on the ours. biggest radio show on the banks of the three rivers. You know, we, we, we've had our laughs, you know, we've had our ups and we've had our downs, but what do we talk about all through 2021? It's about one more, right? It's about, we just got to get the next one. That's what we talked about last week before the birdies came to town. Shut out all the outside noise, shut out all the inside noise. From Ryan Clark on, Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers did precisely that in the biggest spot on the calendar so far until tonight. Now is the next big spot. Tonight is the next one. Let's just get one more. Kick it down the road one more week. Let's stay alive. All the noise about how Roethlisberger was finished and what is Kevin Colbert and what is Mike Tomlin and what are the Pittsburgh Steelers doing and the disgrace to the past and what about the succession plan for the future? Fat, double fat, quadruple (laughs) fat. One more, fellas. And before we move on from it, Whatever happens, I hear what you said, Bauman, but you're nervous. Rightly so. We're in December. These are the big games. If you're a pro football player or a pro football fan, every game is humongous. But before we move on, and you know what? If by game's end, things don't go the Steelers' way, I encourage you, nay demand, that you just hit click. On the DVR, I'm sure you haven't uh, erased the game from Sunday just yet. And go back and look at what we saw under the cloak of night, illuminated by those lights surrounding Heinz Field. Number seven, the old lion, perhaps his last roar against the fierceness of competition, the Baltimore Ravens. Let's honor what we saw there, fellas. That was something special. 
rivalries, you know, on Saturday, Army and Navy will tangle. And two weeks ago, we saw a game of great significance played between Ohio State and Michigan. And then later, Auburn and Alabama tangled. And last Sunday, while the Steelers and Ravens tangled, the Seahawks got over on the Niners as that mini dynasty probably takes its last gasp to at least they put a dent into their arch rival, San Francisco 49ers. And for one quarter of football, big Ben Roethlisberger, 18 years, fellas, 18 years. That's almost half the amount of time I've been watching sports. He has been my quarterback. And on that Sunday, he stood up with all the doubters. Even like I say, I'm not just talking about national voices. I'm talking about Pittsburgh Steelers. All this talk about the pride of being a pet, the standard is the standard, and all this and that. And for one magical stretch there, Ben Roethlisberger showed us what rivalries mean more because, you know, all this SEC jive, the marketing pitch from the SEC, it just means more. No, it doesn't. That's jive. But the phrase is a good one. It just means more when you take down a rival. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers did to the Baltimore Ravens and probably Mm -hmm. dealt them a mortal blow to their hopes of getting a number one seed. And if you saw how Lamar Jackson plays, he is electric. He is dynamite. But he's also not capable of winning three straight games against high-end competition in January. The Steelers assured that that is the journey for the Baltimore Ravens. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings. Next up, 60 minutes for our eyeballs, for our hearts, our guts, and the rest of us to support Big Ben Roethlisberger as he comes down the home stretch. Go get him. Beat those Vikings. Kick it down the road one more week. Let's get to the next game. Let's see the Tennessee Titans, a.k.a. the Houston Oilers, come into Pittsburgh and confront the Steel Curtain one last time in a big spot. One more, fellas. Let's get them tonight. Let's get to 7-5-1, and one, and let's start really thinking about what might be as we gather with our families around the Christmas tree, hopefully not on fire, yes. hopefully not around the fire, and we still are talking about that's what it's about, fellas. I, we talk all the time. The inevitable ugly truths. Tom Brady's going to win the Super Bowl, and then the sun's going to burn out. Those are the two things that we cannot avoid. Along the way, let's enjoy the journey. Come on, Roethlisberger. Come on, Minka. Come on, T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward. Give them what four up there in whichever of the two Twin Cities you're in tonight playing a game. I wouldn't know and why they do that. Why would two cities combine to be one and it's one big city and it's the Twin Cities? I don't know. They're screwed up. That's not our issue. <laughs> Let's just leave whichever Twin City we're in playing a game tonight and get out of there with a W and look ahead, and one more week, one more week through the calendar year, one more week to Christmas, where maybe Steelers fans will have something to celebrate, and it will be the egg on the face of all the doubters who said Roethlisberger, he's the worst in the league. He wasn't the worst in the league in the fourth quarter against the Baltimore Ravens, was he? Come on, one more week, kick it down the road, one more week, and in fact, it'll be 10 days we get to enjoy of thinking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, a a journey, a celebration unlike any other. The luckiest fans on the planet Earth, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? Because their team's journey almost always has them in the mix as we sit around with our relatives talking about what could be in January. 
Let's win one more game and get the seven, five and one. And then we'll kibitz again next week and see where we are. Dave, yeah. my, my first question for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was Walton-esque. Let's get one more and let's have another fun conversation a week from now. Dave Damashek, Minus 3 Podcast, Extra Points Podcast on the DVE. Pittsburgh. Because of the play of Wormley and Montrevious Adams, did you find yourself being doubled less as the game went on because of their performance? Uh, what does doubled less look like? <laughs> <laughs> um, Was there sometimes only two instead of three? So that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't know about double less, but, you know, I think you created opportunities for other guys to eat. Um, you know, you see the seven sacks. TJ had a monster game. Um, you know, and Wormley just, he kept, you know, feeding. A couple times, you know, if he lets go, um, you know, it creates a lane. But, you know, Wormley held off for deal life. And, um, you know, I was just, you know, to have that type of performance, we really need it. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Back is Jackson. Sidesteps a rusher. Starts to run forward. Zigzag. And he's hammered from behind. T.J. Watt gets him upstairs. And on the bottom was Wormley. And between the two of them, Jackson could not escape. That was an amazing play by T.J. Watt on that one, who missed, over-pursued, stays mm-hmm. alive in the play, comes back, and sees that Wormley's got him in the bear trap and just destroys Lamar. I'm telling you, I think the Steelers and uh, the week before, uh, who did the Ravens play the week before that where they had a tough time? Was it the Brownies? They they seem to have unlocked the key to beating the Ravens right now, and it's get pressure on Lamar Jackson. If you blitz all game, he stinks. He threw four interceptions the week before, and they snuck out of there with a win. That's what it was. And I'm, I'm blanking on who it was against. Joe, who was it? Yeah, it was the Browns, Browns Monday okay. Night Football, or Sunday Night Football. Yeah, that oh, yeah that's right. All right, so Bill and I will have our picks for you later on this morning, but mostly what we're worried about today is tonight, Steelers-Vikings. This can get us right and get us back on the, the, the path to the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Damn straight playoffs. Thursday, Thursday Night Football, not ideal. I'd like to have the long week to enjoy the Ravens win. Instead of just three days, because it was such a long week after getting beat by the Bengals. Yeah. God forbid things don't go right tonight. You'll have 10 days to mire. You shut your mouth. Yeah, exactly. you don't talk like that. We're going to have 10 days of feeling pretty good about Steelers, Titans, which will be the next matchup at Heinz Field. I love Brian Baldinger when he does his baldy breakdowns, mm-hmm. and he did one of all of TJ's plays in the game against Baltimore, and he called him Freddy Krueger. He's like, he's never dead. You think he's out of a play? <laughs> he's off screen? Yeah. Uh-uh. Watch your back. See if he can get a little help from Wormley and Mon Adams tonight, along with the captain, Cam Hayward, who you just heard from from our well, this week it was Monday. Usually Cam's on Tuesdays with us, but because Surprise they had, Monday appearance. Yeah, he called right after the game. Great win on Sunday. Looking forward to tonight. Steelers, Vikings, more to come. Big Cat from Barstool Sports, pardon my take. Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Uh, Scott Tatey from the Beaver County Times is 
in Minnesota right now. Boots on the ground report from the stadium. And our buddy, comedian Steve Byrne, is going to be in studio with us this morning in anticipation of this New Year's Eve run at the Improv that he'll be doing with our own Bill Crawford on select dates. And uh, you guys are going up to Erie this weekend. Yeah, Keller's Modern Comedy and Magic Club. Okay. And it used to be Junior's, mm-hmm. Last Laugh. Great comedy club. It's brand new, totally revamped. From the pictures that I've seen, it looks incredible. We're doing two shows, one on awesome. Friday and one on Saturday. we got a lot of listeners up in Erie. Go see these guys this weekend. And, Bill, after the show, go to Dominic's and get a meatball omelet with gravy fries. <laughs> Trust me. All yes. right, Val, what do you got going on? Uh, seven minutes after seven. What? You just made the weirdest face. It space. just doesn't seem to go together, meatballs and gravy. So, no. Well, that's like the meatballs are in an omelet. Right. And it has red sauce all over, like yeah. marinara. And then you get the fries with on gravy. The on the side, you get fries with brown gravy. And Ew. it's, I'm telling it you. seem to go together. Oh, man. Trust. You, I mean, how drunk do you have to be? I've eaten them sober many times, but they're 10 times better when you're drunk, like everything is. Mm hmm. Uh, we'll dig in, Bill. Uh, eight minutes after seven at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 severe weather. Severe weather? Centrilla. Beans, potatoes, tomatoes, <laughs> rams, rams. Man, TV, camera. <laughs> 24 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Keystone Basement Systems. Highest rated, most trusted. KeystoneBasementSystems.com. Health officials in Allegheny County say the COVID-19 situation in the county remains grim. Yesterday, officials said nearly 500 people in the county have passed away from the virus since June. They said most hospitalizations and fatalities continue to be counted among the unvaccinated. Allegheny County recording about 650 new cases each day, and the positivity rate is currently 13.4 percent. That's close to the peak of 14.5 percent reported last winter. Most cases are from that Delta variant. No cases of the Omicron variant have been reported yet in Allegheny County. Health officials in Fayette County and other nearby counties say Cases continue to increase. In Fayette County, the virus is blamed on 15 fatalities during the first week of this month. Health officials say the county has recorded an increase of 31 percent during that time period. In Greene County, cases have increased by 38 percent and five deaths have been confirmed during that time. Statewide, the number of hospitalizations attributed to coronavirus has increased by 9 percent just over the last week. The House is passing a measure aimed at strengthening shipping supply chains. The Ocean Shipping Reform Act will require shipping companies to adhere to minimum service standards that meet the public interest, as well as blocks them from unreasonably denying cargo. There will be improved data collection reporting practices put into place as well. That bill now heads to the Senate. The Capitol is honoring the life and legacy of late Senator Bob Dole today. His body will arrive this morning to lie in state. His family will be there along with President Biden and congressional leaders. The rotunda opens for viewing after the tribute ceremony. Dole died in his sleep over the weekend at the age of 98. He was a war hero and did run for president three times. His funeral is tomorrow at Washington National Cathedral. When I die, I want to lie in state in the DVE lobby. Which one? <laughs> yeah, where? Here? Uh, yeah, might here. O- might be awkward yeah. in the new place. <laughs> yeah, because there are. Yeah. I want to lie in state on, on the roof above the <laughs> DVE sign if it's still here. We'll recreate. We'll do like they did for the Friends reunion, and we'll recreate Nick's Fat City for you. Oh, yeah. That will yeah. be good. <laughs> A mock set yes. of the studio. 
Have you ever given lottery tickets as a gift? If so, you always hope for something like this. Last month, uh, a rough one for Alex McLeish of Attleboro, Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts, he went through double bypass surgery. Tough operation. Uh, well, his buddy Larry wanted to cheer him up, so Larry gave Alex a get well card and included three scratch off lottery tickets. When you know it, Alex won the second top prize on one of the tickets, a million dollar payout. Wow. Whoa. You always hope that so if you give lottery tickets, like, ah, oh, I hope you win big money. Nobody ever does that. Right, but but if you did. give lottery tickets and they win big, is there some expectation on your part of like. No, but this guy is giving his pal Larry, who gave him the tickets, a little bit of cash. I'm saying. I would. I'd give him something. I yeah. would too, but would you, if he didn't, and you were the person who gave him the ticket, would you feel like you were owed something? Oh, yeah, they're dead to me as a friend. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Me too, probably that's why, deep down. That's why I don't get people lottery tickets. I don't want to have that scenario play out. It's a one in a billion shot, but if it right. were to happen, yeah, I think they'd be dead to me. I also... I'd pretend um, they weren't. No, everything's fine. Yeah, no, we're good. No, no, I'm just... Passive aggressive. I'm unavailable forever from now on. <laughs> oh, I'm busy. Well, if you give somebody candy, do you expect to get some of the candy? Not oh, the same thing. I mean, if the candy turned into a million dollars <laughs> worth of candy... <laughs> Then maybe, yeah. Also, we've gone over this a bunch on the show, but you should never, ever get somebody one of those fake lottery tickets. That's just mean. My dad <laughs> loved that. And I, we had, like, <laughs> all of us it. had to, like, talk him out of it. We're like, dude, you got to stop doing that. It is not cool. It's not cool. Not we cool. gave my cousin a winning lottery ticket, and she always plays the lottery. So she flipped out and went nuts. And then on the back of the ticket, it says redeemable at the Easter Bunny's house. (laughs) She's like, what the hell is this? I hate you guys. I mean, I was like, oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it would be funny. I'm like, well, it was for one second. It's a joke. Played on a person that you're trying to, you're supposed to be doing something nice for by giving them a gift. Mm-hmm. And then at their most vulnerable, you're pointing and laughing at them. I mean, it's what turned Carrie into the demon in the movie. It's <laughs> a good point. You know, like, you can't do that stuff. Well, three in five Americans say they are more exhausted than ever. And the average worker hits a wall at very specifically. 1.04 p.m. So as soon as you get back from lunch, if you're a, a, a nooner lunch person. I used to eat so much for lunch. I don't eat as much for lunch now. But back in the day, man, I used to I used to make lunch the meal. And Big it just lunch. kills you. Yeah. Kills you. When I worked downtown, I used to go to a place called Anthony's. It was right by where the Super Bowl is. Oh, yeah. And they had a steak salad. And I would, because I hated my job so much, I just would reward myself by going there and have this huge steak salad, French fries, ranch dressing all over the whole thing. Yeah. Ah. And just eat that huge mountain and try to go back to work after that. (laughs) You you know, you're not going to be very productive. (laughs) Well, the top reasons we're always tired include bad sleep, long work hours, too much screen time, and our kids just sucking all the energy out of us. Well, not me, but. For those of you who are parents mm-hmm. uh, and also the fact the pandemic is still making things more complicated in general. So what do you do when you hit that wall at 104 p.m. today? The poll looked at the top things that give us a little boost of energy. Chit chatting with the coworker. 
It's number one. Oh, oh. Little, little chit chat. Little water cooler action. Right. Only problem is that is uh, we we don't have a water cooler anymore, <laughs> and, and nobody are, works here. I was gonna say there's nobody to chit chat with. <laughs> we came in today and they ripped the DVE sign off the wall in the studio because they're you know gonna take it to the new place, mm-hmm. but. It looks more bare than ever now in here. It it feels yeah. like we are doing yeah. a guerrilla radio show. <laughs> when there's unfinished drywall showing in a room, yeah, <laughs> it telling you, feels like I feel like we're it. doing that radio show where the lady was giving signals to the warriors. You know, attention, <laughs> all you out there, all you bruises. I feel like they're just taking everything. Like somebody's going to come in while we're doing the show today and take the blinds off the window. Take your microphone. <laughs> if there's something you want, you better grab it. Oh, well, we all are. We've all been grabbing it. our stuff to take to the new location. And uh, I took home some choice things yesterday. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you did. What'd you get? Well, I took home, uh, well, I have the famous Burt Kreischer bottle. I took that home. Oh, good. Yeah, I figured that, that shouldn't just go in the garbage. Oh, the Jameson yeah. that he polished off the on the crown show. piece in your bar right there. Next to the Ralphie bottle, the Ralphie May bottle, when he brought us all that the whiskey that we all oh, yeah. down that Gene night. the Werewolf bottle of wine over here. Yeah, and I have the... You should just open it. Dana Heinze uh, brought us um, champagne from the... Oh, yeah. Stanley, Stanley Cup with our names on it. Oh, I had I that kind of that. sitting behind me as yeah. part of like, you know, and the name tags and stuff like that. But I want to take all these uh, DV Comedy Fest things off the wall. We have Better all these them. awesome pictures. Like the one behind you is Amy Schumer with Eliza Schlesinger, Chris Porter, and Matt Bronger with Bill and I on stage. And then there's the Michael Che, Jim Norton, Tom Segura, Christina Pajitsky one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the Stones. Uh, for children's. For children's. Time's ticking, buddy. I know, Better dude. Get those things in well, your car. we're doing next week here. I know, but time is still ticking. Every day you should take something. Yes. Uh, isn't that, yeah, that's how that guy built the car in the Johnny Cash song. He took a little piece by piece. Piece by piece, yeah. I got a little well, nugget yesterday. What'd you get? It's a, it's a bottle, like a vodka bottle. That says Absolute Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. TV. Oh, yeah. I, I love that one. Yeah. Snag that. I got the uh, bag of Sean McDowell's chest hair that was collected. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that was? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was extra filler for a couch. Yeah, you thought it was Jimmy and Steve pubes from back <laughs> in the day. God only knows what's in those CDs we gave away. What's? Oh, yeah, that's right. We Yeah. Oh, my God. There's probably like Sean left his joints in there and stuff like that. <laughs> Sean used to come to work with beers. Every Two, day, right? Every a, day, like recycling bag of beers. He'd walk in pounders. holding a plastic, like like a giant grocery eagle. bag. Yeah, grocery bag, and he'd have two pounders. And I see light. Yeah, he, he didn't want to wait to get home. <laughs> he would finish his shift, and he'd have a beer, and then he'd go and do his production for the next day, and he'd have the second one. And that went on That's for nice twenty years or whatever. And I remember there was one discussion about it, like, "Hey, can you not do that?" And it was kind of like. If I really don't, I mean, if you don't, are you sure I can't? I'm just going to do it, okay? Do you want me to work here still? I need to do that. I went golfing with Sean one time. It was 100 degrees, and he pulled a warm Guinness out of his golf bag. And he goes, you want one? I'm like, no, I do not. (laughs) And I remember going to your wedding, and Sean picked me up. Mm -hmm. And I was so hungover, like I thought I was going to barf in the car. And he's like, Iron City Pounder. And gave me an (laughs) Iron City Pounder. I was like, oh, all right. Lukewarm. If you insist. (laughs) God bless Sean. Uh, The other ways people get a little pick-me-up in the afternoon, getting up and taking a little stroll, a change of scenery, which if you get up and take a little stroll, isn't that giving you a change of scenery? Uh, Not if you go in the same stroll every day. 
but it's a change of scenery from your desk. That's true. Uh, leaving your desk to get coffee or food and finally having a structured routine in general so you can check things off your list. How is, like, <laughs> Red Bull not the number one thing on here? <laughs> you are, I mean, you will take any form of caffeine that isn't coffee. Have you tried those white crosses the truckers take? Not, no. All right. What are those? I've not tried speed. It's <laughs> what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Over the counter speed? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I don't know. I've not had it. Go to I used to take Vibrin in college. Same thing. Do you ever take mini thins? Do you remember no. those? Oh, Is that a another like a, white cross a, thing? Yeah. No, I never had it's that. Like a little diet pill, I guess. Yeah. Oh no dose. That's another one. No dose. That's another one oh, I would yeah. buy. My brother had those like when, I, when we were in high school. He just had like a little bottle up on the thing, and I'm like, Oh, what are these? Took like four of them one day oh, before my school. Word. It was a weird day of school. Oh, man. Yeah. You must have been bouncing off the walls. I, I ate two of the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Britney Spears is finally allowed to execute documents herself oh, while her scary. conservatorship okay. documents. was <laughs> terminated a month ago. Legal proceedings surrounding it still continue. A motion was granted Wednesday to give the pop star the ability to sign her own estate paperwork and manage her money for the first time in almost 14 years. Judge Brenda Penny ruled last month that although the conservatorship would be terminated, Britney's temporary conservator would complete some tasks before it ended entirely. Did you see last week for her birthday, like her fiance, boyfriend, whatever, like they took a private plane somewhere. I don't know where it was. And he shot fireworks off I'm like that money is going to be gone, gone. In a year. <laughs> gone. She's already put out some videos where I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody who was fighting for Britney's freedom didn't also think that there were going to be plenty of uh, uh, evidence for the people who were watching her to go, see? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you knew she was going to put oh, out a bunch she... of videos where everybody that had previously had conservatorship over her is like, what, what did you think we were talking about? Right. But what what we're arguing, or at least what I'm arguing for, is that she has every right in the world to, to, to be do... crazy and go broke. 100%. Everybody else has done it. Yes. And those people were just trying to keep her controlled so that they are... They made leeching money off of could keep, continue, yeah, yeah. Because if they really cared about her, they would say, "Okay, no more Hollywood, no more right big shows. You're not doing residencies in Vegas. You're gonna just be on a like, let's get well." Yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. Cloudy forty for the high today. It's twenty four at DV. Okay, we're getting ready for Steelers Vikings tonight, but uh, also getting you uh, kicked into the weekend with uh, Bill and I. Our picks for the weekend. Now we've pared it down. We, you know, we used to do every game, but we just simply don't have time to do it. We're going to do uh, pick six, picking six games for you guys this week. Throw your bets in because the NFL Week fourteen starts tonight. Let's get to the first one, Bill. It's the Steelers and the Vikings. Vikings minus three. The can't beat golf bowl. It's the unintentionally <laughs> celibate Steelers versus the inadvertently abstinent Vikings. Thursday night football in a stadium that looks like a Viking boat. Hopefully losing to the winless Lions was the iceberg and Captain Kirk sinks their season like the Titanic tonight. I don't think this game turns into any kind of boat race. I like the under. I hate the color purple. Literally the color purple, not the movie. It's a beautiful film. I'm taking the Steelers tonight to win and just to win. 
Leg Lou and Montrevious Adams transform this team from Tomlin's first season of losers into a juggernaut that can't be stopped. The Steelers win tonight in every game from here on out. Chase Claypool hates falling down on turf. Look for him to have a big night. <laughs> Take the Steelers. Next. Raiders at the Chiefs. Raiders plus eight and a half. Big division games this week. Chiefs figured out how to cover against a division opponent last week. We call that the Akilah Witherspoon around here. <laughs> the last time these two met, the Chiefs blew up the Death Star, and now they're at home and can push the Raiders off a cliff. I'm taking the guy who sounds like Yoda and Jabba the Hutt had a baby because the force has awakened. Chiefs, big. The Raiders lost at home last weekend to the team formerly known as a Native American slur and faced the team on the road this week with a slightly less offensive Native American nomenclature attached to their name. Eight and a half, a lot of points, but the emotional toll of this season on the Raiders finally catching up with them. Chiefs, roll. Next! Ravens at Browns. Browns minus two and a half. It's the old Browns versus the new Browns, and Juju was right. The Browns is the Browns, and both the Browns don't look too good. (laughs) I'm rooting for the most physical game possible with neither team scoring. Barring a zero-to-zero tie, I think the Brownies defend home turf and defeat the team with no cornerbacks. If the enemy of my enemy is my friend, deciding who to root for in this game is an infinite quest. This is like watching Jake Paul fight Tom Brady. I'll be happy no matter who wins. (laughs) Just like in Mike Tyson's punch-out, though, I think the Ravens got bald bold in the last two weeks. Seems pretty tough at first, but now everyone knows how to beat them. Take the Browns. Next! Dallas at the Washington football team. Dallas minus four. Taylor Heineke is like the Washington version of Duck Hodges. Starter goes down. Here comes a quarterback from a college nobody's heard of that was a backup for the St. Louis Battle Hawks in the XFL briefly last year. He's going to beat some good teams. Has made the WFT fun this year without Fitzmagic when they should have been saying WTF. Even though the, the football team has big D energy and this game isn't in big D, I still like Dallas on the road because at the end of the day, Washington has a QB from Old Dominion and was a backup for the St. Louis Battlehawks in the XFL last year. I'm taking the boys on the road. You know, when I was a kid, I used to love playing Cowboys and football team with my friends. The Cowboys still (laughs) lack consistency. Haven't seen Cowboys up and down this much since the locker room scene in the Village People biopic. Coincidentally, unlike the guys named Zach and Deke in that scene, it's going to be tough for the Cowboys to score on Sunday. Washington's Defense Department won't need to hire Blackwater. They handle the inconsistent Cowboys all by themselves. Jerry Jones may want to cover up the hole so Jesus doesn't have to watch this one. Take the Redskins! Or, I mean, the Washington football team! (laughs) Next! Blue 20! Buffalo at Tampa. Buffalo plus three. The Bills have reached the dark side of their schedule. Last week, they had to face the running attack of Emperor Palpatine. And this week, they've got to face the air assault of Darth Brady. Don't forget, Tom Brady is Buffalo's father, along with every other team in the AFC East and the NFL, for that matter, for the last 20 years. I sense a disturbance in the force and the Buffalo Bills not covering in this game. I like Tampa by at least Sith. 
<laughs> the Bills are triggered. Belichick broke them last week. They all whined about how they lost and how it wasn't Belichick that did it. They basically acted like the Real Housewives of Buffalo in their postgame interviews. I'm not sure what that show would look like, but I would imagine there's a lot of Zuba's evening wear and adulterous sex in porta-potties. Tom Brady still has Patriot <laughs> blood. He's going to see the Bills, and instinct is going to kick in. Tampa's D is limper than a wet noodle. And by the look of the blood pressure in Bruce Arians' head, so is his D. Josh Allen <laughs> will take advantage of the Florida weather to keep it close, but Brady wins by four. Take the over in this one as well. Next! Finally, in our pick six, Rams at Cardinals. Rams plus two and a half. Last time these two teams faced Kyler, Brian Doyle, Murray, and the Cards ran all over them in L.A., and James Conner had two touchdowns. If the Rams want anyone in L.A. to care about football, they got to win big games, and that's what this is, a big, big game. Otherwise, that big $5 billion stadium they just built will just be a cool place to go see the Stones do a show when they're 80. I think Cooper (laughs) Cup draws enough coverage to leave OBJ wide open, and Stafford will get him the ball because nobody wants to see another sideways Instagram video that OBS puts together. This is the game of the week, I think. My dad used to tell a joke every time he saw Eggs Benedict on a menu. You know how Eggs Benedict is like oral sex? You can't get either at home. And as much as that traumatized me, my siblings, and several dozen waitresses in the greater Erie, Pennsylvania area, the Cardinals have been getting all their Eggs Benedict on the road. 7-0 and on the road, but just 3-2 and at home. The Rams are overconfident coming in off a win over the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. The donut's coming off the bat, and Stafford is set to cook up some eggs. And OBJ's Benedict all year in his edition won't be enough to change the outcome from the last time they faced each other. Take the Cardinals. That's it. Those are our picks for the week. Tonight, it's Vikings-Steelers. Steelers heading up to Minnesota. we got Big Cat from Pardon My Take. Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Steve Byrne will be live in studio with us. Scott Tatey from the Beaver County Times is up in Minnesota. Boots on the ground. We'll get a report. Mike Pursuit with your sports coming up next. Your radio home of the Steelers, DV. DVE Sports. Okay, Mike Pursuit getting you ready for Steelers Vikings tonight here on your radio home of the Steelers 102.5 DVE. Mike, this is a big one because they all are. Sports is brought to you by Dormont Appliance. It is a big one for the Steelers and the Vikings who are both on the outside looking in in the playoff chase in their respective conferences, but both teams can see a way to get there from here. But uh, tonight, huge for both. The Steelers have one major advantage going into this game over Minnesota. They have T.J. Watt, and the Vikings do not. And what we saw from T.J. Watt against the Ravens last Sunday uh, was pretty typical of what we've seen from T.J. Watt really throughout his career. Uh, He is making a push to be the defensive player of the year, and more importantly to Steelers fans, he is perhaps looking like the guy who can put his his team on his back and deliver it to where it wants to go. You don't often say that about an edge rusher, but T.J. Watt is not your typical edge rusher. Uh, My partner on the uh, Steelers preview show, Matt Williamson, asked the third member of our crew, Merrill Hodge, last night if T.J. Watt was the best outside rusher in Steelers history. Merrill took it a little further than that. Well, I'm going to just tell you this. I practiced against two of the greats in football history, Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd, almost every day of my career, especially Greg. I played against Lawrence Taylor. I played against Reggie White. played against Derek Thomas. Um, and were 
I mean, there's listen, that, that's the majority of the great pass rushers. I know there's others. You know, I played against Bruce Smith, although he's a defensive end. Yeah. Um, and I understand Reg is too. But here's where I think TJ is quite unique. And all of them have this element to them. There's not just one thing they're good at. To be a really good pass rusher, you have to be good at a lot of things. You know, and as I've studied TJ, TJ makes sacks as a bull rusher. Spin move, rip move. Um, he has about every every way you can rush a passer in the book. There's not one way that he gets to the quarterback. Yeah, it's, it's similar to the way he plays the run. He can set the edge. He can chase it down from behind. Mm-hmm. He's got that relentless drive. Uh, I love that context Merrill laid out there, man. I'm not arguing mm-hmm. either. I mean, and Watt is just entering the prime of his career. You know, he's going to do a lot more in this game before he's done. But he is a force right now. And the Ravens couldn't handle it. And we'll see if the Vikings can handle it. Their offensive line's a little hinky because of uh, an injury to their left tackle, Christian Darisaw. Uh, they moved a lot of stuff around last week. I'll be interested to see how they line it up uh, tonight, which is still actually – Last week, Sunday's this week, technically, but you know what I mean, their last game. Mm-hmm. Um, Watt can wreck the game, and uh, he can do it in a variety of ways, and Merrill talked about how way more often than not he always seems to find one. I, I mean, I remember the Buffalo. I, I can go through the Buffalo game, the Denver game. I'm just thinking things in my head I've been seeing. All are different ways he sacked quarterbacks. You know, the Seattle game where Seattle. it was just a relentless pursuit. You know, and then strip sack. Um, but and how he does it, you know, and and, and he is—he's um, a little different. He's not completely different than all of those build-wise, and how he comes after. But the one thing they all have that are that you have to have—he has got fabulous hands. He is terrific with these hands, and really, his feet, hips, and hands work well together. That's ultimately what makes a great pass rusher and defender and he has that and he has all those different ways to attack a a blocker and i just i would i would i'd hate to be the guy blocking him because you just don't know what's coming <laughs> and that he eventually gets you on something oh i love it more good context from merrill you know he talks about coverage guys in, in terms of, oh i'd love to run around against that guy <laughs> you know if, if you're struggling devin bush Right. Uh, who wants to block T.J. Watt, and how do you block T.J. Watt? Uh, his next sack will break James Harrison's franchise record of 16 set in 2008. That was the year that James Harrison won the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and uh, there's some similarities there between Harrison then and Watt now. So I go by their impact. Are they a little different? Yes. Um, is their style different? Yes. But go back to what gets you that. It's impact plays that change games, if not win games for it. Harrison did that that year. I remember it well. Um, and that's what TJ has done this year. You know, when a play has had to have been made. See if you can make one tonight at the critical time. It, uh, it can happen. It's been happening. Such different body types between yeah. him and Harris. I mean, Harrison was an absolute freak of nature. Just throwing guys on their backs, intimidating them. He physically and you know had that scowl that scared people. 
That, and he used his relative lack of height to an advantage. He was able to bend under the bigger tackles and crash that edge. Mm-hmm. And that's why he seemed like he was getting held all the time because their only resort was to kind of arm bar his neck and try to hold him off that way. Watt is a way different guy physically and uh, a different kind of player, but they both show up when you need them to show up. And uh, Steelers need T.J. Watt. That, that, that and if, if Watt and the defense can keep games close – the rest of the way, then you have the guile of uh, your future Hall of Fame quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, to try to win it in the fourth quarter. And that's when they've won this year. That's the way it's worked out more often than not. Yeah. So what you're saying is we're going to be up late again. Oh, well, who have they blown Definitely. out this year? And Nobody. Minnesota has won two games on the last play and lost three games on the last play. All right, well... Get ready. Buckle for, up, baby. Get ready for another late night. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. All Steve Burns hanging minutes. with us in studio. Big Cat on the way, 815. Val's News coming up top of the hour. What do you got? Well, if uh, you scheduled hard things talks, would your life be better? We'll talk about that coming up. This week's WDVE Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week is Wings, Suds, and Spuds on University Boulevard in Moon Township. Enjoy $3 Bud Light bottles during all Steelers games. Bud Light. For- Free Christmas. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter, Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuit, our producer Joe Rikiki. It's Steelers-Vikings tonight. Each week, uh, Bill goes through the NFL timeline to pick out the stories we didn't focus on enough when we're hyper-focused, hyper-cycloided on the Mm -hmm. Steelers for a segment we call Missed Tackles. And, Bill, this week's Missed Tackles, targeting... The quarterback of the enemy tonight, Kirk Cousins. That's right. You know, we're not the only football town that gives the quarterback a hard time. Last (laughs) week, the Vikings lose to the Lions in dramatic fashion. And this week, article after article has come out questioning his future in Minnesota. And he he gets a lot of crap in Minnesota and hasn't had the success in the postseason but he's a solid quarterback, in my opinion. He's insanely accurate, throws it for a ton of yards. But his record with the Vikings is just 30-28-1. And, and that tells the story. Got that one dingleberry on the record. Yeah. <laughs> Never a good one. He's tied somebody. But there is a section of the fan base that loves the star receiver hates Kirk Cousins storyline. They did it with Stephon Diggs a few seasons ago, and now they're doing it with Justin Jefferson, who is an absolute beast, by the way. Second in the league in receiving behind only Cooper Cup. The guy has over 1,200 yards receiving this year. He's a monster. He had 180 against the Lions. So this is a big week for Cam Sutton and Witherspoon, if that's the two starting cornerbacks. Um, In the... uh, in the offseason last year, there was a well, last year there was a video that came out, a video of Jefferson on Mike saying, F you, Kirk, come on, throw the ball after Cousins missed him in the back of the end zone. And in the offseason, Jefferson went on Cowherd and was asked to compare Burrow and Cousins. He went to LSU with Burrow and he just finished his rookie season with, with Cousins. Mm-hmm. And he this is what he said Kirk and Joe throw similar balls, Jefferson said. They're not the strongest arms, but they're going to get it to you exactly where you need them to throw it. The one thing about Joe, though, that's a little bit different, I feel like Joe has a little bit more swagger. He has the confidence on the field. He's not scared to get hit. I feel like as a quarterback, that's a big trait to have, especially to be as young as he is. 
He's a phenomenal quarterback. Talking about Burrow. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is the friend in the 80s movie that the hot girl doesn't like and (laughs) openly talks with about the guys that she does like. And maybe it's because he looks like a pastor of a church inside Disney World that conducts gay conversion therapy (laughs) on Gaston and his sidekick, who are clearly a top and bottom, only pretending to be interested in Belle so they can get access to her wardrobe. (laughs) Cousins has been one of those big-name players who's unvaccinated. He's refused at times to say whether he was or wasn't and called it a very private health matter. So it sounds like his medical history is under double secret probation. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we'll, we'll ever know for real. But as a team, the Vikings have the lowest vaccination rate in the league. At the start of the year, it was below 70%. And I blame Aaron Rodgers because it's a copycat league and they're trying to win the <laughs> NFC North first and foremost. Right. I'm sure they're eating clay cakes and putting hydrochloroquine <laughs> on their salads, but it just isn't having the same results. And Kirk said that if I get it, meaning Corona, I get it. I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to let nature do its course. Survival of the fittest kind of approach. And just say... If it knocks me out, it knocks me out. I'm going to be okay. You know, even if I die, if I die, I die. I kind of have peace (laughs) about that. And it's just kind of weird to see somebody in the U.S. take the Ivan Drago approach to their own (laughs) health and wellness. If I die, I die. Jeez, Kirk, this is the NFL, not the USSR. If he dies, he dies. (laughs) I mean, what are we talking about? And the other weird thing he said about COVID, and this isn't what the segment is about, but it's he's just a strange dude that says weird things. And I found all these weird quotes. I'm I'm looking up. Well, he does gay conversion therapy. I mean, like, yeah, he does that. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I'd love to see uh, uh, the Raiders play him. Like Carl Nassib must want to just take his head off. And his dad, I think, is is an evangelical preacher and talks about. Satan a whole bunch. Um, so he he was in this interview and talking about whether he was or wasn't vaccinated, and he was talking about avoiding or spreading COVID. So I'm going to be about avoiding a close contact. I've even thought about should I just set up literally plexiglass around where I sit so that this could never happen again. Um, I thought about it because I'm going to do whatever it takes. <laughs> thought about it. He thought about putting together a stationary Pope mobile <laughs> or maybe just walking around the facility in one of those cash blowing booths you see on game shows. But yeah. in the end, he decided, nah, I'll just spread it. Yeah, just I'll just spread it. It's probably the hardest position of a team to be the unvaxxed one as the quarterback because the QB on any team is a potential super spreader. He's in the huddle, just beatboxing (laughs) droplets all over everybody. All right, comorbidity, left lung fluid, fatigue, (laughs) loss of smell and taste on 19. Breakout. (laughs) The main reason for this missed tackles, though, is that we missed this a few weeks back, and I don't know how this wasn't bigger news and memed all over the internet 
Kirk Cousins lined up under the right guard yeah. in the Vikings' loss to the 49ers in Week 12, and it wasn't an inconsequential play either. The game was on the line. It was fourth down. It was in the fourth quarter. The score was 26 26- 34 Vikings were down. Cousins led the Vikings on a 12-play, 72-yard drive to give his team the chance to tie the game. It was first and goal. They ran it twice. Novice idea. Didn't get it. Then he throws an incomplete pass to the tight end. And then it was chaos. Justin Jefferson lines up on the wrong side. And, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson hates him, so they're kind of yelling at each other. He's directing him back over to the left side. And then he just wanders up to the guard and slides into his DMs. I mean, he is firmly (laughs) under there. And the guard doesn't even budge. I mean... If they're already lined up, I guess all those asses look the same. You know, <laughs> one of them has a ball under them, but you'd have to bend over to look. <laughs> it's <laughs> odd that a guy who who uh, you know uh, uh, does gay conversion therapies takes the uh, the approach of all asses look the same. <laughs> I never met an ass I wouldn't put my hand under. <laughs> The guard had to feel slightly violated. Maybe it's like the phantom ring on your cell phone, but sometimes. Uh, you know, maybe you feel a, a backhand on your undercarriage. I don't know, but he was a statue. The guy had the razor-sharp focus of the Queens guards. He didn't budge. And the center had to feel slightly abandoned and maybe alone and weird. I mean, what do you say, though, if you're Kirk Cousins? You guys have the same gooch. I hey, tell. I don't know. You guys, your taints look the same. <laughs> And then the center probably got this weird little taint shiver because <laughs> Phantom. He heard he heard Kurt talking, but it wasn't right behind him. He was like, Kurt, where are you? I I don't feel you. You're far away. Are you far away? Are you close? <laughs> like when you you think your cell phone's ringing in your pocket <laughs> and it's on the table. I mean, the butt fumble will follow Mark Sanchez till the end of the earth. Yeah, like when until the sun goes out. People will be like, remember when Mark Sanchez fumbled off that guy's butt? Yeah. But we should be talking about the butt double more. I mean, the guy lined up under the guard. I wish he would have, like, if he would have snapped the ball, that would have been, like, right out of, like, a bad Disney movie or something like that. (laughs) Just goes flying back. (laughs) Kirk Cousins looks back and just throws his hands up in the air. He, I mean, he eventually threw his hands up. They called a timeout. They They came back, ran a play, didn't get it, turned the ball over, no points. Vikings lose. They must have had a tight end lined up on that side, right? I mean, because otherwise you would notice there's only one guy to the right, right of you. Right, you're counting. I, yeah. I mean, he was just doing so much other stuff. <laughs> it just looked really funny because the quarterback is sitting back there, or the uh, the running back, and it's not Dalvin Cook. It's the backup. And he's sitting there, and he's like, I shouldn't be looking at the ball right now. I should be looking at Kurt's butt. So something's wrong. So he goes up, taps Kurt, and he's like, hey, that's not the center. Well, I hope that he makes all kinds of mistakes like that. I'm tonight. hoping so too. I hope TJ Watt scares the bejesus out of him. I think they're a wobbly team that we could easily knock knock down and kick when they're uh, when they're struggling. What Steelers are you going to get? I mean, that's what it all boils down to: the fourth quarter against the Ravens, Steelers, or are you going to get the team that tied the the Lions and got decimated by the Bengals? Right. I think the fourth quarter Steelers. I'm, I'm putting it all on LeGlue and Mon Adams. It changed everything. Those changed two guys. All. They found their mojo. That's it. All right. Mike's got your sports bottom of the hour. Of course, Steve Byrne will be hanging in studio with us. Big cat on the way from Pardon My Take. Val's News next. Do you act normal when you're alone? 
We'll uh, go over some things people do or don't. 4.30, we start the pregame with Tim Benz, Rob King, and Dale Lawley here on the flagship of the Steelers. Pursuit of Dulac and Bob Labriola at 6.20. Then it's Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, Missy Matthews, and Max Starks. Kickoff, 8.20, Steelers, Vikings tonight. Pittsburgh. Because I'm on the road, I listen to it, I, I listen to games on the radio, and you hear those promos, and they make me laugh. Like the Dumo one? There's a Dumo one here. This is Brian Dumo of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and this is your home of Penguins hockey and the best Pens coverage, 105.9 The X. Yeah, it's great. I mean, okay. You ready? Smooth. Yeah. I, I came up with some. Okay, great. Hi, this is Sidney Crosby. I use a number two pencil. I save the excitement for the ice. You're listening to 105.9 The X. Hi, this is Chris Letang. I'm a 10. That's why I have no personality. You're listening to 105.9 The X. Hey, this is Jay Gensel. The team's really proud of me. I left a curly one on the soap. You're listening to 105.9 The X. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. A little counter-programming on a Steelers Thursday with Steve Byrne. Our friend Steve is in yeah. studio Hello, right hi. now. Good morning. Hey, hey, hi, hi. How are you? Let's shake hands. How's it going? Dude, this is the most you've been in Pittsburgh in a long time. Yeah, uh, but it's that's not a bad thing. It, I, I got to I got to come here for my last. carbs. I got to carb up. Yeah. What's that? You're carb loading. I'm carb loading. It, and you're going to be here at the end of the month. I'm here at the end of the month. We're getting right into it? Okay, yes. Yeah, I'm doing the right improv. Into yeah. it. Yeah. New Year's Eve weekend with you and oh, oh, Gary hi. Cannon. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is going to be a blast. Can't I mean, wait. Take New the- Year's Steve. Oh, I like it. I like it. Take the family. Um, More with... uh, No, don't. This this weekend, Steve and Bill will be up in my hometown, Erie, Pennsylvania, at Keller's Comedy Magic Club. It used to be Junior's Last Laugh. It's a great club. So for all our listeners up in Erie, go see these guys this weekend. And you're doing... uh, Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Uh, And tonight, of course, Steelers... And eight is it twenty five or twenty? We keep going back and forth. Eight twenty, I believe. Is eight twenty. And so we'll be we'll be going to bed super frustrated, probably around <laughs> twelve fifty. <laughs> like if you stay up and they lose at the end, it is. What do you mean if we stay up? I mean that's happening. Well, Val's not. Val will not make it to the first the end of the first half. Yeah, I will. Halftime, I always make it. I picture Val asleep with her mouth open and the lazy boy. (laughs) 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 A little blanket pulled up over her. A little shawl. Sleeping. Hallmark movie on in the background. (laughs) This season is kind of like watching the Hobbit movies where it's like, I'm like, it's going to be good. It's going to be. And then like an hour and a half in, I'm like, "Eh, Uh, okay, I got to. All right. Not as good as the Lord of the Rings. It's <laughs> got to just appreciate the moments. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was a good it's, scene. It's yeah. that or then fourth quarter is the Avengers. Like, oh my, oh, yeah. this is like the greatest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I, my emotional response to these games has not been, I don't know if it's because of like the way the the pandemic has like altered my uh, emotional response to things or something but i am way too va- like i am losing my mind on these <laughs> games and i don't think they're a super bowl team i mean ultimately i should not be this frustrated i equated it to going out golfing i suck at golfing if i like hit it into the woods i still get super pissed at myself and slam the club into the ground mm-hmm. there's no reason my expectation mm-hmm. should be of course you stink yeah, well, I I picture Billy Gardell picking up like spackling, and just patching <laughs> holes in his wall on uh, Tuesday yeah. or Friday. There's no question. No, he's he's gone into like a cocoon of safety. He is not watching as closely because he will he'll he will 
Wreck It Ralph to his <laughs> to his whole house. Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> uh, Big Cat will be on from. Uh, pardon my take momentarily. Val's got your news right now. What's going on? Ten minutes after eight at DVE. Here's a Channel Eleven Severe Weather Center. Severe Weather Center Eleven. It's twenty five degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A woman's body was recovered from a car submerged in the river right near the edge of Niagara Falls yesterday. Unreal. The car was just fifty yards from the waterfalls on Wednesday when a rescuer dangling from a Coast Guard helicopter was able to open the car door and pull that woman out. The Buffalo News says the Coast Guard rescuer braved strong winds and swift moving currents to reach that vehicle. When the woman was brought to shore, rescuers determined she had already died. It isn't clear if the woman in her 60s drove into the river on purpose or by accident or exactly how she died. So she might have had a heart attack and driven into the river or drove into the river. If you saw the photos of that rescue, it is the most harrowing thing I have ever seen. I mean, you can see the falls in you know in the yeah, background, yeah. and the guy is descending from a helicopter, mm-hmm. and I guess they were Coast Guard, mm-hmm. and goes into the car and gets the woman and pulls her up into the yeah, helicopter a few hundred feet from the edge of the falls. Imagine yeah. if you were somebody witnessing that. There was a whole oh, crowd of people. Yeah, there's a yeah. whole huge crowd of people. And it's snowing Just and the unable wind. to do oh, anything. Man. I don't know if I'd be able to watch it. Well, there were rumors, because they, they wonder if she did it on purpose or not, but there's rumors that uh, her son had a Nickelback CD stuck in her car, <laughs> and she couldn't get it out. Steve. So I... Sorry, guys. The look on your Sorry. face when you, when you started to say it, you, you almost You're pulled like, back. You go, no, I, I shouldn't. Oh, no. Oh. I shouldn't, was, but I'm going to do it that anyway. That was like his, his soul coming up a little bit. Steve, Steve was asking somebody to stop him from driving into the river. There were rumors. Stop no. it. Well, like Amy Schumer, I've quit comedy a few years ago, so I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, Beaver County leads all counties in the state in terms of a shortage of drivers to help keep roads safe during severe winter weather. PennDOT officials say Beaver County short almost 23 positions and 16 temporary drivers. Allegheny County down about 10 permanent positions and 10 temporary positions. State officials have dropped the requirement that drivers have to know how to drive a stick shift, and they say they will also train some applicants so they can get their commercial driver's license. Pfizer says its COVID treatment pill is having terrific initial results. The company will submit its full data on the pill to the FDA soon. CEO Albert Borla says the results show the pill reduces risk of hospitalization and death by 89 percent. Borla told CNBC he's confident the data will be true to what Pfizer saw in initial studies. The antiviral pill uh, would be available for the public to purchase this month if the FDA oh, wow. approves That'd it. That'd be great. Well, they should just say it cures cow chlamydia, and then we'll ensure everyone will take it. <laughs> uh, and Santa got his booster. White House medical advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci telling USA Today jolly old St. Nick got the jab and is fully protected from COVID-19. They should not say these kind of so things. So he should be ready to roll on Christmas Eve. It's exciting. There's only three more vaccinations until Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if there on is the 12th a... 12th shot of Christmas my true love gave to me. One of the reindeers is like Aaron Rodgers. Like, no, I did my own research. <laughs> not going to get it. I've been eating clay. No, I mean, look. They don't know what it's going to do to my nose, okay? (laughs) Pretty important that this thing keeps glowing.
Well, more proof that people are insane. A Georgia couple facing charges connected to an altercation at a McDonald's. Investigators say the husband and wife got angry outside the restaurant because of a missing packet of Splenda. Yeah. The man I've been is, there before. It's real. It's <laughs> the man real. is accused of climbing through the drive through window and hitting the manager with a chair. <laughs> he came in through the drive through window. Uh, they were arrested on charges of criminal trespass and assault. I've uh, said it. I've said it before on the show. I thought it was the, a sugar. The only way. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you can really understand these happenings at the fast food restaurant is if you understand that fast food is drugs, and that all of these uh, fast food interactions are drug deals gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's all this is. It's true. You got. You don't have the sauce for my nuggets. Somebody's getting punched in the face. <laughs> Big Cat from Pardon My Take is uh, on the line right now. Big Cat, have you ever had a fast food meltdown when you didn't get your exact order? I haven't had a meltdown, but I, I do. I just heard Bill say you don't get sauce with nuggets. Like, that is actually worth a fight. How yeah. do you not get – there are certain things. You're absolutely right. It's a, it's a drug transaction. There are certain things that you need. When you go to a fast food place, <laughs> like the correct amount of sauce, I, I always think about Chick Fil A. Like when there was a sauce shortage, or sauce shortage—that's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> maybe like six months ago, people were hoarding it, and you'd get your Chick Fil A and you get two sauces, and it was just like, "What's what's going on here? Where's the stuff? Give me the stuff. I came here for the stuff." If it were truly like a drug transaction, though, the person who sells you the fast food would want you to stay, hang around, and eat it with them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Instead of Chick-fil-A, they just smile through everything. Those people, they're the nicest people in the world. They don't know what they do in their training videos. To just Because, you know, it's, it's hard work working at a fast food place. Not maybe the best customers in terms of uh, friendliness, but Chick-fil-A, they just smile through it all yeah val has long maintained that everyone should have to work at least a couple of months in a fast food restaurant mm-hmm. maybe not even fast food but just service industry in general because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then you realize like oh maybe i shouldn't be a jerk maybe my tone should be shifted a little bit tips <laughs> matter like i think people if you never have worked on that side you just don't even realize that how important tips are you know what i mean like oh, yeah. little things like that so I, I absolutely agree. I think everyone should do two months of working in the service industry and then a month of blogger school uh, so they can understand how hard my job So uh, you All got, America. You were at the Buffalo-New England game on Monday night. I was. It was an uh, all-time weather game. I So you guys obviously saw the wind, the snow, everything. Yeah. I saw we the video, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, about, about like somewhere around the first quarter, we actually had to crack the windows on our suite because it was so hot inside. So <laughs> they don't talk about that type of uh, weather exposure yeah. and, like, breathing the element. The real so heroes. It was crazy. It was a crazy night, yeah. Watching the video that you put out there with the member of the Bills Mafia licking your nipple was something that I didn't think I would have to see and really can't get it out of my head. It was... It was 50 seconds that I had my shirt off, and you can see in my eyes. There's, there's, you can confuse it for lust when he is uh, tonguing my nipple, but it really is <laughs> the realization. I've been doing this a long time that I just hit content gold because I had my shirt off for 50 seconds, and in those 50 seconds, a member of Bill's Mafia was willing 
uh, and able to lick my nipples. So I was like, wow, that was that couldn't have worked out better. Put my shirt back on, hit send tweet, and, and the job was done. <laughs> that game broke the Bills, I think. The way they reacted in the postgame, whining about Belichick, whining about the press asking them about getting run on all game, only you know having to defend the pass three oh, times yeah. and still losing. Micah they, Hyde. It broke them. I think mm-hmm. they're done. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I feel genuinely bad for Bills fans because think about it. Like you've dealt with the Patriots in your division for 20 years. You're all, you can go back. You lost four straight Super Bowls in the 90s. That was your decade. You have nothing to show for it. 20 years of the Patriots dominating you. Last year, Josh Allen, a revelation, you know, incredible superstar. The Patriots are terrible. So you're saying to yourself, everything has shifted. The paradigm has shifted. We are going to now own the AFC East. We have the franchise quarterback. And then this year happens. <laughs> Mac Jones happens. They come in there in a game that you should be able to win because the quarterback throws three times and the Patriots beat you. And then guess what your consolation prize is if you're a Buffalo Bills fan? You get to go play Tom Brady next week, who's 32-3 and three against you lifetime. Like, that's so unfair. <laughs> oh, so, so unfair. The, the sentence shouldn't be able to be said that the Bills' season is going to fall apart to the Patriots and also Tom Brady. That's not fair. Uh, tonight, Big Ben takes on Kirk Cousins. Thursday night football. We desperately need this win. They desperately need this win. You guys like to have a lot of fun with Big Ben. It's fine. But you got to admit, watching him in the fourth quarter against the Ravens, dealing aces, scoring 17 points, and winning the game, vintage Ben, how is the game not better when he is playing? The NFL is more fun when Big Ben is in the game. I totally agree. There was a long stretch of time during the Brady, Manning, Breeze, like all of their uh, prime. If you had asked me who would I take to win a game in the fourth quarter, it was always Big Ben. People can document it. I would say it all the time. He is so much fun when he's at that peak. I just don't understand this private conversation that he's retiring. How did that get public? That's crazy to me. <laughs> How did that get public? It's... Was the private conversation with Adam Schefter? Yes. <laughs> that's like that's like when you hear I, like a ninety year old died, like a ninety eight year old man died of like a car. It's like he's ninety eight. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna happen at some point. <laughs> yeah, like Bob, Bob Dole just passed away. That was tragic. You know, that was tragic. Ninety eight. Can't believe that. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> yeah, nobody saw that coming. You're like Big Ben. You've been fat for a very long time. You played in the NFL for twenty years. You have two Super Bowls. Okay. You don't have to like hem and haw this one, but I I, I agree. I, I love I love watching Big Ben play. It's a funnier league. It's a better league. Oh, let me ask you this though, because you guys obviously are very in tune with it. Mm-hmm. I I had the, the Steelers against the Ravens on Sunday because that is the the one thing I love about these Steelers is Mike Tomlin is the most predictable coach in the world that you can just pick on the schedule the rah rah spots where Mike Tomlin will not let his team lose. And then I said, I think I joked that if the Steelers were playing the Texans this week and they were 14-point favorites, they would lose outright. But what do we do with tonight? <laughs> what do we do with tonight? Because I, the rah-rah spot was Sunday. They, they rallied the troops. They get the big win. Is, it, is this a letdown spot or do they keep it rolling? I think they keep it rolling because it's another purple team and we hate <laughs> purple in this city. Yes. And so it's just the, the hate transfers, cut and paste. Sometimes it's as simple as that. And I also need to shout out because I haven't heard enough people in the national media um, 
T.J. Watt should be the defensive player of the year. It shouldn't even be a question to me. I know that yeah. Browns fans get mad, but it's like, T.J. Watt has 16 sacks in 10 games. That's insane. <laughs> well, and you, uh, you know, he's a Badger, so you <laughs> you better come to his yeah. defense there. You know, you got a little uh, blood tie to T.J. Yeah, I do, although I don't really. That's, I, I'm an unbiased reporter, if you've noticed. Yeah, I, I big J. Journalist. Russell Wilson. So I, that just being a Badger doesn't mean uh, – which Russell Wilson tried the Big Ben where he, he had everyone in the, in the media talk about how his injury was so incredible that he overcame it, and then he stunk for three weeks. <laughs> and then on the, on the eighth week when the doctor said it's going to be a six- to eight-week injury, and on eighth week he ended up being, oh, your finger's okay, you're playing good again. Maybe you should have sat out. Pete Carroll said he was one of the great healers of all time. Much to Jesus' it was, chagrin. <laughs> it was insane. I, I mean, it, it was insane the amount of people who were talking about how he healed so fast and the six- to eight-week injury, he came back in five. But no one was talking about how he was just a terrible quarterback for those three weeks because his finger was still injured. Yeah. He's so valiant I, the way he came back and stunk. Last thing. credit for coming back and stinking. Like, I could play football right now with a broken leg. You know what I mean? Like, you would think. You don't get credit for that. Yeah. All right, last thing I have for you. I, I want your perspective on what's happening in college football. Kenny Pickett, who's now a Heisman finalist, saying he doesn't know if he's going to play the Peach Bowl. He's, you know, he'll wait and figure it out. I mean, has college football kind of shot themselves in the foot with the way they've set things up in the postseason now so that these bowls just don't matter? And if you don't get in the playoffs, which is there's only four spots, then what's the point? of risking a professional career, and they're just diluting the Bulls, which were already kind of, you know, the fringe ones were hanging on as it were. But now if you're talking about the Peach Bowl, the stars aren't going to be playing. Not that it's like the Sugar Bowl, but it's still one of like the old classic Bulls that now doesn't nearly have the the, the same kind of drawing power that it would have. Yeah, so I have two thoughts. One is that every bowl, when everyone talks about how there's too many bowls and they don't matter, every bowl matters when you gamble. Just remember that. Just every bowl matters when you gamble. Really ma- like, I don't care. You can tell me that all the backups are starting for, uh, you know, Northern Illinois. I'm like, well, I'm still going to bet it, and it still matters to me because it's real money. Two, they are st- college football stuck in a weird spot right now because it's, you're, you're absolutely right that, that it's lost a little bit of the luster, but we're going to get a 12-team playoff, but they're, they're, they're dragging their feet with it. So we're stuck in this weird spot where it's like, you have the four-team playoff. You have all these other bowls. You have guys now making correct decisions for their long-term health of saying, I'm going to sit out this bowl. So as soon as we get to the 12-team playoff, I think it will all kind of rectify itself because then Kenny Pickett would be – we'd be talking about Kenny Pickett playing Michigan State or Ole Miss or, you know what I mean, like it, or Ohio State. It would be right. a very, very fun lead-up. So as soon as the 12-team playoff gets, gets set, we will be all okay. It will kind of save college football in that respect. But every bowl game matters when you gamble. I agree. I, I got money on uh, DeVry versus Uni- University <laughs> of Phoenix at the Arby's We Have the Meats Bowl. Oh, nice. That's going to uh, be a good I, one, Steve. It's going to be in the O net. I don't like that, Steve. You're joking. There's a condescension in, in your tone right now. I literally will bet every single bowl game. I have memories the Bahamas Bowl from a few years ago, the Belt Bowl, all these bowl games, the Cheez It Bowl, all these bowl games, the illustrious <laughs> bowls that I remember losing bowl. money on. Pull your shirt up. I got two tongues. <laughs> <laughs> Big Cat from Pardon My Take. Always a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you next week. 
All right. All right. Thanks so much. We'll see you. See you, big Okay. Guy. is coming in. We've got Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Steve Byrne hanging with us live in studio. Scott, Scott Tatey from the Beaver County Times. Boots on the ground in Minnesota. He'll give us a shot in the 9 o'clock hour. Don't forget your Bud Light game day bar of the week. It's a good one. It is. Here it is. <laughs> Wing Suds and Spuds on University Boulevard in Moon Township. $3 Bud Light oh, bottles. That's a great one. During all Steelers games. Bud Light. Anchor.com. DVE Sports. All right, our buddy Steve Burns hanging out with us. He is in town. New Year's Steve. New Year's Steve uh, weekend at the Improv with Bill Crawford and Gary Cannon. Get your tickets at Improv.com. Great show. That. I've seen it before on New Year's Eve. A lot of fun. Great way to ring in the New Year. No doubt. They're going to be up in Erie, Pennsylvania this weekend for our friends up in Erie. And Mike's got your sports right now on TV. Getting ready for Steelers Vikings tonight. Sports this hour brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. Another development for the Steelers as they head to Minnesota. A good one? Deontay Johnson <laughs> may be getting it. What does that mean? Because it could have a lot of meanings. I'm not talking about COVID. COVID? I'm talking about oh. he may be it. turning the corner. He oh, may be okay. becoming that guy. I think like he'd get it. You know, he dropped uh, what should have been a touchdown pass late in the second quarter yes. in the Ravens game. Perfect pass. And if that would have happened last year, Johnston, or Johnson excuse me, admittedly would have, and I quote him, probably folded. Not this time. Exploded in the second half, and the Steelers beat the Ravens. When I dropped it, you know, I was just like, dang it, you know, I got to make that play. But, you know, they counted on me. Uh, I just moved on from it instantly, you know, because I know I had to. It was still a lot of game to play left, and uh, it was still like the first half, so I couldn't keep worrying about that drop, you know, because it would have shown in my play. So I had to move past it, you know. I obviously had to come back second half and with a spark. And um, I was able to do that. I was consistent. You know, that shows maturity when you, you go out there and make plays after a big drop like that and you get an end zone twice. And uh, it shows growth. And um, I, I feel like I did that in a big way. And, um, like I said, just staying positive and, uh, and just having that confidence in myself that I'm going to make the catch, the next catch. Or whenever the ball comes to me at any time, I'm going to make it regardless. I like when players compliment themselves. Yeah. Shows maturity, you know. Shows growth. Did I a did a really it. good job there. Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, last I'm glad year, though. I mean, for this guy, if he turned into a head case, we'd be screwed. And yeah. it kind of was last year, right? Yeah. I, mean, I would rather he's overly confident. Most drops in the league. I he's think. had the ability. Really struggled with drops last year. After that drop that should have been the touchdown, his first half, three targets, one catch, 14 yards. He ends the game eight catches, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. And best of all. Uh, Deontay Johnson said he didn't need his teammates pumping his tires or otherwise trying to pop, prop him up. Nah, it just let me be, and you know, I, I can handle it myself. I'm, a, I'm old. I'm old enough to, you know, take responsibility for that. And uh, like I said, I can't. It's, it's on me at the end of the day. And I just got to catch the ball, and uh, I made up for it in the second half. Yeah, he did. Uh, they Ben Roethlisberger misconnected with Johnson on the first attempt in the second half. Prettiest throw of the year from Big Ben. And then seven in a row. Two of them got in the end zone. And the, the second touchdown, shades of A.B.'s immaculate extension. Not only that, but the change of direction. It was a, it was a fake slant, and uh, Marlon Humphreys, one of the best corners in the league, bit on it, and then Johnson was just gone the other way. Here's Roethlisberger talking about that. Special. I mean, it's it's quick. Um you know, the the first touchdown, uh, nope. The second touchdown was, you know, he runs this route, and puts his foot in the ground, and I don't I don't know too many people that can can stop that. I mean, really, and that's why we put the play in. We put plays in for him to do those kind of things, 
And the best way to stop him is to hold him, which is we got the pass interference, and, and that's sometimes it's all you can do. He, he's a special talent, um, and I think, to me, the bigger thing is the touchdown that would have been a, an amazing catch, the earlier one that he didn't catch, and he doesn't go into the tank. He comes back and just makes plays and keeps going, and I think that spoke volumes um, about who he is and his growth and his maturity in such a young football career um, that he was able to bounce back and, and just make plays for us. Yeah, he's he's been their best route runner for a while now, but the hands have been inconsistent. And if if he fixes that, that can be game changing. Ben has the best chemistry with him. I mean, he's Ben's favorite receiver. Yeah, it's it's gotten to the point. We we've talked a little bit here about how he dropped so many passes last year, and he was so inconsistent and unreliable. Well, now that guy is uh, setting a pass catching example for all pro free safety Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I think um, you know Deontay. He, he does a lot of a lot of extra work. You know, he actually um, inspired me to, to do extra work after practice. He always is catching uh, probably a hundred extra passes, and then he catches with the tennis balls. And uh, I started doing the same thing. Um, you know, I was struggling catching earlier this year. Um, I feel like he's helped me uh, tremendously too. So uh, he's definitely challenged me to you know take that extra step for sure. Um, but, you know, it's it it impressive the way that he bounced back, not just physically, but mentally. You know, dropping a, a touchdown like that is, is definitely tough, but um, I think he's really grown and matured. And, uh, you know, you obviously seen that last night after we came back and put up over 100 uh, receiving yards against a, a great uh, secondary, uh, tough guys to, to play against. And, um, you know, I think uh, this is a testament to his uh, physical or mental maturity. Not a great secondary they'll be going against tonight. Controlled conditions. Umha. No weather. Drive fast track. Pick up where you left off. Steelers at the Vikes tonight. 820 kickoff. You can hear all the action right here on your radio home of the Steelers, 102.5 DVE. One of the people broadcasting that game from Steelers.com, Missy Matthews. She'll join us when we return here on the DVE Morning Show. Christmas. Your radio home of the Steelers, yeah. 102.5 DVE. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Joining us now, the Seed Burner buddy's hanging out with us. Sorry. You can go see him be all kinds of colorful <laughs> at the improv. I, I do my best bits off the air, right? It's... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, oh, no problem at all. Missy Matthews from Steelers.com is joining us right now on the DVE Morning Show. Good morning, Missy. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm great. How are you? Very excited for this game tonight. And... I'm wondering your thoughts as to whether or not, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Is LeGlue the answer? Have we found the missing link to getting the chemistry necessary on that offensive line to establish a running game? Have you found the glue, you mean? (laughs) Um, Hey, I think you, you ride with what's working right now, and I think he did some tremendous things. I think obviously there's probably some things that they went back and said, hey, you need to fix this, but... For somebody with, you know, his track record, um, having a chance at the spur of a moment to come in and step up in such a must-win situation for the Steelers, um, knowing this week that he's going to be the starter, um, I think helped things as well. It's a short week, so you have to kind of, you know, turn your attention quickly. But I am very interested to see, you know, how he's able to perform tonight. And I hope that um, the Steelers can continue to commit to running the ball um, and really, you know, continue taking a step forward 
whereas, you know, past weeks we've been talking about taking steps back. Yeah, this is a team that has troubles in the secondary, so the uh, allure of throwing the ball a whole lot is going to be there. Trouble stopping the run, too. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a game, if Big Ben can pace himself and establish that early, I mean, there's no telling what they'll be able to do. Chase Claypool, I think, is the, this is the guy who I think is going to have a big night tonight. And I've been real critical of him. So many people have been on him. This is a nice fast track tonight. You know, it's cold outside, but inside the – is it Bank One? Is that what it is? Bank One Stadium? U.S. Bank Stadium. U.S. Bank Stadium. Bank. Okay. I mean, it'll be nice and dry in there. And you know, I, I could really see the Steelers' offense exploding tonight. I hope so. Um, you know, I think everybody, you know, you read the stats of how well um, home teams perform on Thursday nights as opposed to visiting teams. And it is just, you know, crazy, as Ben said. It's, you know, the only people who really like Thursday night games are the NFL because of the money that they're making. It's right. just, think about coming off of a, a Ravens game and, you know, how does Najee Harris feel? Cam Hayward, you know, it's just all those guys yeah. after that game. And then, you know, you're trying to cram. It's more, you know, probably classroom work, film work. Um, they did some walkthroughs, but then you're jumping on a plane on a Wednesday. So I, I don't know. Um, I am hoping that they can certainly overcome maybe the statistics that go against the road teams. And, you know, the Vikings have a number of issues of their own. Um, I, you know, I've just been reading their newspapers and different things this week. And it might be a little bit worse than sometimes uh, the Steelers face in terms of heat in Pittsburgh. But um, just the points that they give up at the end of half, um, just their inability to do certain things and, you know, dealing with a number of injuries. Obviously, Adam Feline was ruled out, but Dalvin Cook's questionable. Not sure if we will see him, but, you know, questionable is an interesting uh, mark going into a game. So, I don't know. Um, I think Kirk Cousins plays very safe, but I do feel like the defense has obviously, you know, maybe regained some confidence. So hopefully that they can get after him and, you know, T.J. Watt can just be T.J. Watt. Well, the defense regaining some confidence, a lot of that had to do with the line play. And, you know, Wormley had a big game, but Montrevious Adams really stepped it up uh, in terms uh, of what they were able to do from a production standpoint. Mon Adams. But what was he Old doing? River. What was he doing yeah, differently? Like what? What was he able to do that they were unable to do prior to that? I, you know, I think it was a collective, a collective effort. Though I'm not downplaying what he was able to do, but Cam was Cam, and Cam's Cam every week. But Chris Wormley was playing well. Montrevious Adams played well. I think it was the collective, you know, across the board, not just having it just being Cam or just being somebody. Um, and I think they were able to stick a little bit more in terms of not the same guys all the time because, you know, they're down numbers, so you're going to rotate a lot. But I, I think having a little bit of consistency might have just been what it was. And I truly believe that it was, you know, sticking to your gap, sticking to your assignment, doing what you needed to do that certainly helped, especially up front. Defensively, Missy, same game plan, right? I mean, just get the, the rush, stop the run, because Justin Jeff Jefferson last week had 11 catches for 180 yards and a touchdown in a loss. So that guy is not yeah. going to, even if he has a great game, he's still not going to beat you all by himself. Yeah, I mean, he is definitely a unique talent um, for sure. And somebody, especially with D-line out, you know that he's going to be the guy. Um, he did have career numbers last week, as you said, in that loss to the Lions. Um, but, you know, obviously Kirk Cousins likes him, and I think, not having a consistent run game and Delvin Cook not being there. I know they're still able to do some stuff, but I, I just don't think that's their strong suit right now. And, you know, if you can shut down Jefferson and force them to, you know, try to run the ball, 
hopefully if, you know, everything goes as planned like it did against the Ravens in terms of being able, the Steelers being able to stop the run, I think you do have a pretty successful, uh, you know, situation in terms of the defense being able to really help out. And hopefully we see some of that complimentary football, as, you know, Coach Tomlin always likes to say it was, I think probably the best in Buffalo um, in terms of, you know, offense, defense, special teams, bailing each other out and everybody stepping up. So hopefully, you know, maybe that's how they can, you know, get a win tonight with everybody kind of having to do something. Missy, I have more of a request than a question. Uh, Oh, okay. First of all, welcome back. Thank you. And second of all, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but in downtown Minneapolis, there is a statue of Mary Tyler Moore, a.k.a. Mary Richards, from the Mary Tyler Moore show. It's the famous scene. She's throwing her hat up in the air, which was the end of the opening of the Mary Tyler Moore show. It was really big in the 70s. I don't know if you ever heard of it or not. But I think it'd be some really compelling video for Steelers.com if you could get a meal or who's ever on the road with you to <laughs> to film you down, walking to that statue and throwing a Steelers hat up in the air. What do you think? Wow. You're going to have to text me some details on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you know, we have. Scott- I mean, we we do have all day, so I mean, there's not much going on other than like you know going to the mall. Or Joe is just telling me, producer Joe, about you know the Prince mural and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, I might have to cool hop Prince on Google. Stuff. Yeah, you can actually tour Paisley Park. I don't know how far away it is. We're at the airport. I have no clue. There's yeah. probably a private shuttle right to Paisley Park that Prince had put in years ago. That- just Very few people the, know. They about. actually have this really weird thing out there. It's called public transportation from the airport. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like it's like four bucks. You get on a train, you can go right downtown. It's, I, I don't Ubers, know. Ubers, we Ubered last night. Yeah, I don't I, know if anybody I'm else well has aware. this. Uh, it, it, it was a foreign concept <laughs> to me living in Pittsburgh, but yeah, four bucks right downtown. All right, all right. Missy Matthews, Steelers and Vikings tonight. Missy will be a part of the coverage live on the sidelines along with. Uh, Max Starks, Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley calling the game here on your radio home of the Black and Gold 102.5 DVE. Missy, thanks as always. All the best. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right. We'll see you coming up this hour. Scott Tatey is actually, he just took a picture by the Mary Tyler Moore statue. Oh, did he? Yeah, he posted it on on uh, Twitter. You know, it's one of two statues I know of of fictitious characters. In Fonzie Philly. in Milwaukee. Oh, I didn't know they had a Fonzie. Yeah, they got a Fonzie in Milwaukee. I was thinking of the Rock in Philly, Rocky Rocky Balboa. Well, there you go. You got Rocky Balboa, Fonzie, Mary Tyler Moore. Sounds like a party. Oh, that's your kind of party right there. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't have a big report on the big ragu dying last week, by the way. From I was Laverne. off. Oh, okay. Is there a Laverne day. and Shirley t- uh, statue anywhere? <laughs> uh, they're prob- well, I'll bet there is. That's- Fonzie technically is kind of bleeds over into Laverne and Shirley because him, Shir- him, and, him and Laverne had a little vodeo dough. Vodeo <laughs> That's what they called it on the show. <laughs> Anytime that you're talking about sex, it'd be like a little vodeo dough. And then... Shirley's boyfriend, the guy who played him, died last week. The big mm-hmm. ragu, Carmine Ragusa. He was Eddie a, Mecca. He was right? a boxer and a dancer and singer, right? And he would like dance totally normal. into right. the apartment all the time, ask Shirley for sex. She would say no, and then he would sing and dance his way out. He's the most blue balled character in the history of television. <laughs> well, he's gone, but the Steelers have the big lagu, so. There you go. I like yes. it. The big leg Lou. Let me go from rags to riches. <laughs> Let's hope the Steelers go from rags to riches. Tonight, one more win, and they're on a nice path, Mike. You got a 10-day rest before the beat-up Titans. I'm predicting nothing, but it's doable. All right. Val's news coming up next. What do you got? Uh, we're going to talk about 
The things you do or don't do when you're alone. More with our friends. Ugh. <laughs> I can answer that. <laughs> Steve Burns with us as well. Uh, this weekend, Steve and Bill will be up in Erie at uh, Keller's Magic and Comedy Club. And then New Year's Eve here in Pittsburgh. Get your tickets now to see Steve Byrne, Gary Cannon, Bill Crawford, improv.com, 412-462-5233. There was a long stretch of time during the Brady, Manning, Breeze, like all of their uh, prime. If you had asked me who would I take to win a game in the fourth quarter, it was always Big Ben. People can document it, I would say it all the time. He is... So much fun when he's at that peak. I just don't understand this private conversation that he's retiring. How did that get public? That's crazy to me. <laughs> How did that get public? It's Was the private conversation with Adam Schefter? Yes. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Big Cat from Pardon My Take there. I guess asserting that Big Ben spilled it to the media. I don't know. Why would he do that? Got to be careful who you tell your secrets to. Steve Byrne is with us in studio, and one of my favorite things about Steve Byrne is he knows when he might be possibly crossing a radio line. (laughs) (laughs) And crosses it anyway. (laughs) Wait, Joe, do you have the sound of Steve doing doing the putting on the brakes? Is he listening? Do you have it? Oh, he's saying one second. You know what we'll do while you're doing that? I'll hit the, uh, here's the chip. Severe weather Body, since you're gray, chili, potatoes, tomatoes, <laughs> describing greens, the game tonight. beans. Ram, lamb. You uh, name it. <laughs> ding, dong. <laughs> All right, he's busy working on that. Uh, well, we Val- were just talking about the Yoko Ono documentary on Disney Plus, right? <laughs> it's all about Yoko. I loved it. I absolutely really love it. I mean, I, I've talked about it quite a bit here about how much I loved it. But it is funny to me that the second time through, I'm, I'm kind of seeing it a little bit differently. But because I think Paul and Ringo really want to keep the Beatles going, and John and George are like, "Yeah, no, this is we can't stand you, Paul. You're <laughs> driving us crazy." But they're nice about it. Like they're so nice when they're that first episode one when they're breaking up and Paul is breaking it all down, and he's talking about even Yoko. It was like he's so diplomatic, yes, and so cool about this. But my favorite part was when Paul and John were jamming. And Yoko was singing um, Cat in a Microwave, <laughs> yeah, I believe. That's it. Yes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But John Lennon obviously just passed December 8th. And, uh, well, the anniversary of his passing. The yeah. anniversary of his passing. And two horrible things happened that day. Uh, John Lennon obviously was murdered, and <laughs> so Yoko wild. Ono went solo. <laughs> so it's just a double whammy. Sorry. He starts but did to you smile. You know that Yoko Ono. Did you know that Yoko Ono. She just recorded a new album at 81 years old, no kidding. and it's to promote world peace. She said, unless nations of the world don't get over their differences, she will release it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Wait, here's a clip of Steve Byrne starting to tell a joke, thinking maybe I shouldn't, and then he does it anyways. Well, there were rumors, because they wonder if she... <laughs> he still has a soul well that's that's it because you realize you're on radio what i've come to the realization lately is like even when i'm tweeting things comics mm. get in trouble when they tweet things because twitter and social media it's not a comedy club Right. That's the key. You tweeted that one day, and it is really an astute observation, is yeah. that everyone's coming at it from different angles. And the perspective of the person tweeting is not 
necessarily the perspective of the person reading it who might be in the middle of reading some of the most heavy stuff in the world on their feed right and then your insensitive joke in their from their perceptive perception comes in in the middle of them reading about all this terrible stuff and then they think you're a bad person and you're like i'm a comic i'm just yeah. being funny but venue matters person. venue matters i mean you had to teach me that over the years i mean you're still teaching it to me but like because you don't understand like people could be driving uh their kids to school right now yeah they're listening and and doing different things in their life they're not only listening for the comedy well yeah yeah i mean funny is always going to be funny uh, there are definite like uh, lines. Yeah, the sand you, the edges. It's just uh, you know, like I, I, it's to each his own. You know, you can decide to do things one way or another. Hey, you can meet Jay Leno and uh, you know, just appeal to the <laughs> entire country all the time, or you can be something that's a little more acerbic. But like, uh, at least when you're tuning into those shows, you're expecting comedy. Twitter, yeah. people might be reading about COVID deaths, heavy stuff because they're following whatever they've chosen to fill their timeline with. Sure. And then all of a sudden, one of our dumb jokes gets thrown in the middle of it. And it, it in that context, it seems like inappropriate. it's inappropriate. Yeah, and it's yeah. not. You're just subscribing to hospital news and a comedy club. It's really your fault for following. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that, um, <laughs> obviously, December 7th was the anniversary big, of big day. the Pearl Harbor attacks, and Donald Trump did ask for a moment of silence, which I thought was great. Uh, he, he was putting. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked your Trump. I thought you had a good Trump impersonation. What are you talking about, Randy? <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> I have some jokes. Oh, God. It's pretty cold out. <laughs> this is the part where you ask me. How cold is it? It's so cold, Jesse Smollett is sticking to his story. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Smollett hired two Nigerian men to beat him up, and he didn't pay them. I really like this guy because he's, <laughs> he's the first American to scam a Nigerian. <laughs> the Weather Channel reported... <laughs> It gave the five-day forecast, five forecast for Ukraine. It's two days. <laughs> <laughs> my elf on the shelf resigned due to allegations made by my treetop angel. <laughs> Scott Tatey from Beaver County Times is going to join us from uh, Minneapolis in just a little bit. Val's got news for you now. <laughs> TV, what's going on? Uh, 29 degrees at DVE. Butler Memorial Hospital has been recognized nationally as one of the top hospitals in the nation. Uh, that by an organization that reviews hospital performance. The organization Leapfrog ranked Butler Memorial as one of the top 150 hospitals in the nation. Leapfrog officials say Butler Memorial has continued to perform what it calls extraordinary patient care despite the continuing challenge posed by the pandemic. Good Morning America co-host Michael Strahan staying on Earth a little longer. Blue Origin announced its next space trip is being delayed till Saturday. That's because forecasts project high winds in West Texas today and tomorrow. Strahan is set to launch into space alongside five others, including Laura Shepard Churchley. She's the daughter of America's first astronaut, Alan Shepard. Well, someone asked people to define what it means to do a good deed. The top answer was, well, anything that makes someone else feel good. 
Uh, but doing good deeds can also help you feel good. 92% of people said they feel happy when they do something nice for someone else. 77% also say it makes them feel more relaxed. The top little things you can do for others to instantly turn your day around. Help a friend or family member or coworker with a task. Donate to someone in need. Just saying good morning to people helps. Holding a door for someone, especially a stranger, giving someone a compliment, paying for someone's meal, buying someone a coffee, and helping someone carry their groceries or something else that's heavy. The poll also found three in four people believe if they do something nice for someone, that person will pay it forward. I was at a restaurant one time, and there was a couple who were celebrating their, like, 65th wedding anniversary. I mean, they they were way up there in age. That's incredible. And um, they they just looked adorable. And I said, my friend owned the restaurant, and I was like, dude, let me get their lunch. Like, that, they're just so, you know, it's so sweet. Mm -hmm. It's nice. And the next day, I was, like, uh, thinking, that might have pissed that guy off. Who's this? What do they think? I can't pay for my like. Imagine if you bought like ninety-year-old Bill Burr lunch. You know? Oh God! Imagine buying forty-three-year-old Bill Burr lunch. (laughs) What gives you the nerve (laughs) to assume I can't pay for lunch? I don't need your charity, dude. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what he would say. Right, and maybe that's how that guy was. Maybe he wasn't like, oh, he took pity on us because we're, you know what I mean? Like it could have. I'm old. <laughs> he looks at his wife. He's like, "Suckers!" They take off their old costumes. It's like, oh, oh, Johnny Knoxville, not again. <laughs> uh, so, do you like being alone? Only seven percent hate being alone. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's times when it's the best. <laughs> well, that brings this question: Do you behave the same way the rest of society does when no one else is around? I don't know. How do they behave? Well, the survey asked seven questions. Do they pick their nose freely? That's one of them. Ding. 87% (laughs) do. Pick their nose when they're alone? Yes. Everybody does. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever talk to yourself when you're alone? Yep. While I'm picking my nose. (laughs) Got to stop doing this nose picking thing. It's getting weird. (laughs) Two knuckles deep. Yeah. Uh, 85% said yes. Do you pee with the door open? Of course. Uh, you know the dog. It's weird. I don't like to see have the, the dog, dog see me pee. Opens the door. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, he follows me everywhere, so I just don't want him like on my ankle while I'm peeing. Like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. So I will close the door to keep the dog out. Well, that's smart. Especially I'm... if you're if you're doing the other thing. I mean, <laughs> oh, the door is always shut. You can't have a dog looking at you. Yeah. No. Direct eye contact. No one should witness that. <laughs> no. Especially after the gumbo. No, that's right. <laughs> Going into the shame closet. Leave me alone. When you're alone and angry, do you practice arguing? I do something else. <laughs> oh, you five practice. more times. <laughs> Four more times. Again. Again. I'm like, like Ur Brooks. Miracle yeah. with the whistle. Seventy one percent do seventy six percent have full blown conversation with their pets. I mean, I talk to them. Yeah, a lot. Like, not. I don't expect them to talk back or anything. And it's just like a full conversation, or just saying "good boy" over and over. No, and over I'll be again. like, "What? What are you doing? You know, yeah. right. don't, don't get out. What do you know? You know, or like, yeah, that's a good boy. What do yeah. you got there? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Right. That's how I, I talk with my girlfriend too. It's a little strange. No, don't. Yeah, no one knows don't, who you're talking to. That's a good girl. What do you got good over there? 
Do you get make out of the your, bathroom? I'm peeing. I think this is more of a, a female thing. Do you ever make yourself cry when you're alone because you feel like you just need a good cry? <laughs> Are no. we done talking about my audience members? Fifty <laughs> <No. laughs> percent of people have done that. Absolutely have done it. I know. Like I got to get it out. How do you it's, make yourself watch cry? Watch a sad is it movie. Okay. I'm thinking like, you know, you gag yourself sometimes if you think you're going to throw up and you just want to get it over with. Watch The Notebook throw that or on. Hope Floats or Message in Do a Bottle. you know what I watched last night? You said The Notebook and remind me or of Or The it. Steelers Cincinnati Bengals game. <laughs> and I still, this is, I'm yanking the wheel a little bit here. Uh, that happens every day. That's okay. Just Friends. It's a Christmas movie. It's so oh, good. They go, they go and see The Notebook in that movie. Like, that's their Brian first Reynolds date. Ryan Reynolds and uh, the blonde Amy girl. It, Smart? Yes. Yeah. It's so funny. And Chris Klein. Anna Ferris is yes. in it, too? Anna Ferris is brilliantly funny in it. And I'm telling you right now, if you want to add a movie to your Christmas movie list, Just Friends, it is funny start to finish. It's like slapstick funny, joke funny. Mm-hmm. Just Anna Ferris is out of control, hilarious in that. And Ryan Reynolds, who I can kind of take relief sometimes, he's at oh, his he's best. Funny. He's great. He's, he's so really funny good. in so it. Funny. So good. You know, I have some news. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell is on trial for her association with Jeffrey Epstein. You know what they say? True love is when you can finish each other's sentences. <laughs> <laughs> He's leaving. Hi, Steve. Love it. Uh, Scott Tatey for the Beaver County Times is on the line right now. He's up in uh, Minnesota. It is up in Minnesota, right? Yeah, of course it is. Scott, good morning. How are you? It is very up. It was five degrees when we landed yesterday. Are you serious? I am serious. So, what's the wind chill? Uh, they don't calculate that here. They don't want to know. I don't think. Yeah, they're like, why bother? We, do, yeah, it just gets to a certain point, and there's no point. So, good thing that game's indoors tonight. Now, you were telling me you and your your buddy are doing a pretty cool thing. You're like crossing off a list of NFL stadiums. This will be our 32nd. We've seen every stadium, Steelers, in every stadium since we began this quest, except Las Vegas, of course. We just added them a couple years ago. So, so yeah, what you've seen the Steelers play in every NFL stadium, and tonight finishes it off except for vegas what so what year did you start this quest uh cordell stewart was still quarterback wow <laughs> probably max after that but, uh, oh my god 2001 yeah, so, uh, uh it was against baltimore remember that 35 31 game that came from behind uh, i don't at the moment but i'm sure i, I could be <laughs> have my memory refreshed but so all right it's been a number of years you guys have been doing this what is what has been your favorite stadium to visit of the 32 you've been to i thought lambeau field just the history and the people there were really nice they're not used to they're like Steelers fans. they're not used to other people in their stadium but they, they it was like a novelty they're taking photos of us and they had a good time with us uh, san diego we loved you got to go to the ocean and then go to the stadium that was the game where there was more Steelers fans than yeah san diego fans. So, <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing but a lot of fun so what town has best represented steeler nation do you think Los Angeles, also Chargers. Remember that game? Uh, yeah. Doc Hodges, the quarterback. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, there were literally more terrible towels than there were. So, and it was, uh, yeah, at one point there, <laughs> it felt like a home game. And uh, I kind of felt bad. I was going to bad for the home team. Hey, Scott, Mike Pursuta here. Good to talk to you again. Uh, yeah, Mike. I got a question about your rating system. Because when I go to a game as a fan, the top two things on my list are an ability to purchase beer 
and an ability to get rid of it. That's how I judge a stadium. <laughs> what uh, what are you using as your barometer? Uh, that's a good one. Well, the Steelers bars, you know, the night before you always get a Steelers bar. And I've seen you know, quite a few, i got to say. Uh, <laughs> and to me, that one in Arizona, like uh, the Coral Creek or whatever. Oh, or, yeah, uh, Harold's. Out in the desert, Donny Iris plays there. Probably the favorite. And then the tailgate. You know, it, it's all about the tailgate. I mean, like Kansas City was just crazy. I mean, there's people know how to do it. There's one big party in the parking lot. And, you know, they were very welcoming to us, and the food was awesome. So, but I, I like your system. Like, that's a pretty good way of looking at it. Yeah. Food, too. You got to keep up the food. My favorite food, Levi Stadium in San Francisco, had this macaroni and cheese thing. It was incredible. I think it was gourmet. In San Francisco, they had a mac and cheese sandwich, you said? Uh, well, it was like a big bowl of it, basically. Big oh. Of it. Bacon included. The Giants have some really high. And stuff too. Yeah, I've gone there. Games. It's like garlic fries, <laughs> if I'm remembering right. And yeah, some, some really good stuff. Uh, they have. Like, who, who were the worst fans? And Giant Jets fans were kind of rough on us after the game. That I, was I, the I, worst I place to go. I, no, I would say Jacksonville was the worst. Then we lost nine nothing. Ben was playing quarterback in the early oh. years, and that was a night game. And they started telling us afterwards. That was, that was the only time I didn't enjoy a trip. Jacksonville. But and, and Jets fans are a close second. Yeah, well, there's a theory. When the Steelers lose and it's a night game, it gets rough. You know, you got people drinking all day, then they get in your face. But yeah, most of the time, it's been really friendly. Here in Minnesota, people are, you know, they they expect to lose today, so they're gonna feel good. What um, <laughs> what, what has it been like in Minnesota? The reaction, and have you seen a lot of Steeler fans there so far? It's a little more subdued in the hotel lobby. I haven't seen a single Palomalu wig yet, and usually you kind of a few of those, but mm-hmm. um. You know, you see the black and gold. I don't know if it's the COVID thing or what, but there's not as many people as it usually is, and maybe because few people are stupid enough to travel to Minnesota in the summer. But, uh, <laughs> I think it'll pick up. Do you? Yeah, that's another fun thing. The breakfast before you, you meet a lot of cool people with the wait for your bagel to toast at a Steelers hotel. You know? Yeah, like the Continental Breakfast uh, Buffet. <laughs> so how how hard do you go in in terms of representing the colors? Do you go stealth or do you go full Steeler when you're on the road? We've gone stealth in 30 of these cities. The only one we did was Philadelphia. We kind of kept a low profile. I think I, I waved my terrible tie like once. Uh, you know, that the reputation of Philly fans. We, we kept it kind of mild there. But every, every other time, you, you got to do it. You come that far, you might as well make a fool of yourself or have a good time. Which stadium have you had the hardest time finding tickets? Uh, New Orleans. Super dumb a couple years ago. Had a pull a string or two for that. Those people support, too. Good fan base down there. But, uh, Those uh, games yeah, are awesome. I've been to Saints games. Those are a lot of fun. They're incredible. Aren't they? Yeah, yeah. What's the worst? They, uh, they, they tease you. I'm okay. sorry. What's the worst access? <laughs> oh, Boston. Boxborough. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, Washington's a close second. Oh, yeah. Washington's the worst tailgating. We, we, we got there like 90 degrees, and there was nowhere to get food. You can't even walk anywhere. It's, I didn't know it wasn't you know barren space in Washington, D.C., but it is. That's where their stadium is. It isn't like that one either. Scott Tatey from Beaver County Times up in Minnesota for the game. The 32nd Stadium, he and his buddy. Who's your buddy, by the way? Oh, uh, Jeff Scalo, Buffalo Park. Okay, so you guys have seen the Steelers in 32 stadiums. And are you going to make it to Vegas uh, next year, hopefully, if the Steelers play out there? Count on it. Heck, if they expand to Mexico City, Toronto, San Antonio, wherever there's a stadium, we will be there. Is there a club of Steeler fans that you, uh, like, have joined by going to all of these stadiums. I would imagine it'd be like getting your name on the wall at a like a bar for drinking every <laughs> beer that they have in stock. You know, that's a great idea. No, I don't know of one like that. Yeah, you should start one. Yeah, there used to be that Black and Gold Brigade website that would tell you where the Steelers bars are, but they haven't been as active as they used to be. 
Uh, well, oh, you got a good idea. Yeah, well, you can run with it, Scott. That, that's, I'm the idea, man. <laughs> Your boots on the ground in Minnesota. We'll have a great time at the game tonight. Thanks for checking in with us. Appreciate it, man. Oh, you got to do the great work, man. Okay, okay, man. We'll see you soon. Scott Teddy from the uh, Beaver County cool. Times. You used to I'd work love with them, to right? do that. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing with WNBA. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're all bad experiences. Hasn't <laughs> yeah. been one good one yet. <laughs> uh, all right, Mike's not a one. Mike's here. He's got your sports when we come back. It's Steelers Vikings tonight, live from Minnesota on your radio home of the Steelers 102.5. West only. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports now getting set for Steelers Vikings tonight here on DVE. Sports is out brought to you by your neighborhood Ford store. We have talked a lot about T.J. Watt today, and justifiably so. Uh, he's making a push not just for NFL Defensive Player of the Year and the Steelers' all-time sacks record uh, single season and maybe the NFL all-time sacks record single season. Uh, he's, we're going to see uh, over these last five weeks, perhaps, if an outside linebacker can put a team on his back and deliver it to the postseason. Uh, it's not out of the question. Watt's that good. Uh, ben Roethlisberger asked about T.J. Watt this week, and he initially greeted a question about Watt's legitimacy as a candidate, not just for Defensive Player of the Year, but for MVP with a laugh. But, uh, of course, Ben Roethlisberger knew he couldn't leave it at that. I agree, and I think I should be up there with him when he gets it uh, to, for bringing him back. Ben, does it feel, Final one here. Does it feel like you're in the playoffs already, given how jumbled the AFC and this division is right now? Um, I, I, I'm going to get, I do, I, I don't want to take away from, I don't want to joke about TJ cause I think TJ is like seriously one of the, the best players I've ever played against. And I've played against some really good defensive guys. Um, and so, yeah, I, I know I joke about that, but, but he truly is a special player. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that I've never been sacked by him. Um, cause he's not allowed to get close to me, but he, he is, he is a game changer and a game wrecker and you don't. There, I've been a part of guys like that, Troy Polamalu, um, who can change a football game. And it doesn't happen on defense that often. To be a literal game changer on defense is something completely sp- special. And um, he should be recognized more than just a deep. I mean, I don't know who else is the defensive player of the year other than that guy. Um, I'm sure there's other candidates. I just don't know. But he should absolutely get MVP, MVP votes as well because that's what kind of a player he is. So I'm sorry. He was trying to make a joke there at the start, you know, still yeah. banging that drum. Hey, I took less money so they could sign this guy. Yeah. Which he took less money because they made him take less money. That was how that went down. But, uh, boy, he's, uh, he's justifying uh, however he came back, the return. You know, they're glad they got him. Yes. Uh, we saw what Mason Rudolph had against the Lions, and we saw what Ben, Ruth, ben Roethlisberger has against the Ravens. and uh, They ain't the same. No, they are not. Uh, Micah Fitzpatrick, uh, another guy who is all for Watt getting whatever award uh, he can get. Uh, Watt gave a defensive player of the year, if not an MVP effort, against the Ravens last Sunday, but to Fitzpatrick it wasn't special. It's just what the Steelers have come to expect from TJ. Yeah, that's, that's what he does, man. He's, he's a game wreck. He's a guy that's going to go out there and uh, just, just cause havoc. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I think just the way the energy that he plays with, the passion that he plays with, the, uh, the uh, I don't want to call it anger, but when he's out there, he's angry. You know what I'm saying? And that just inspires everybody out there to, to, to play at that same level. Uh, you know, whether we're up, whether we're down, TJ is going to be consistent in the way that he's moving out there on the field. So it's definitely a, 
<laughs> I was yeah, definitely underpaid for sure. But uh <laughs> definitely uh deserves a BPO uh OY award. You know what I'm saying? He's been robbed the last you know, two years, so hopefully um he could he could get that this year. Yeah, strong finish and he should be uh in great position to get defensive player of the year. Steelers coming off uh, a comeback against the Ravens, a comeback and then a hang-on for deal-life victory, and <laughs> it's one Roethlisberger thinks might have a ripple effect. It can be. I mean, obviously we'd love to, to have the blowout game and not have to worry about it, but I definitely think you can learn something from the game last week. You know, where you're, you have to drive down the field or, or Chicago a few weeks ago where we've got to go down to win the game. There's something to be said in, in you know, character that can be built, heart that can be built uh, from those games. And so I definitely think that there um, is some things to be taken from tight games because a lot of times when you get to the postseason or you know as you're starting to get down to the end of the regular season, which is almost considered postseason, um, games are usually tight. Um, and so uh, if you can look back on, oh, remember this game or remember this moment or remember we needed a drive here or a play here, if you've already experienced them, sometimes that can benefit you moving forward. Randy said uh, our buddy Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reporting that uh, Dalvin Cook's a go tonight. Yep. Barring uh, a pregame setback, which they don't anticipate. Yeah. And, and his backup, Alexander Madison's maybe the best backup running back in the NFL. So they were gonna, the Steelers were going to have to deal with the run either way tonight. No doubt. And it's critical because you got to stop the run, and it's critical because Kirk Cousins is at his best on play action, either play action bootleg or just you know straight play action. Um one other thing to keep in mind tonight, Chris Boswell had a tough game last week, particularly that uh, out-of-bounds yeah. kickoff. The Vikings kickoff returner is a rookie from Iowa State, Kane Wanwu, number 26. He's got two kickoff returns for touchdowns this season. All right, well, it's controlled environment. He should get it through into the, the stands. Yes. Do not mess with this guy. And uh, our old buddy Jordan Berry is the Vikings punter, 18 inside the 20. This year, and two touchbacks. For this hey, year, at least, they picked the wrong guy. He's good. We should have him. I mean, they, oh, they drafted did. Presley Harvin the third. <laughs> you know, they think he's going to be great, and he's got all this potential. He remains wildly inconsistent. But at least he can back up Mon Adams if he gets hurt and nose tackle. <laughs> because yeah. for a punter, oh. that guy. Guy's built like Deuce Staley. He is a massive human. He's a moose. But punt the he, ball. He's so big he had to be Presley Harvin the third, not Presley Harvin the <laughs> They skipped the second. <laughs> he ate him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's Steelers Vikings oh, tonight. Oh, let's do it. Come on. This is this is a big one. TJ, keep putting a show on. I love it. I think the ratings will be huge for this game tonight, actually. Oh yeah. A lot of stinkers on Thursday night. These teams don't exactly have stellar records, but nobody in the NFL does. The parity in the league right now is rampant. Yes, there, it is. There is not a lot of dominant teams in either conference. So uh, I think people look at these two teams as good football teams is what I'm trying to say. So, well, plus you got that Super Bowl nine rematch. I mean. Who else was who was the running back on that team for them? Fran Tarkenton hands off to? Was it Brown? I don't know. Uh, I can't name anybody else. Foreman? I think Foreman was later. after that. I think they had a guy number 30, Bill Brown, crew cut guy. I just assumed they all had crew cuts back then. Yeah, a lot of them did. Mandatory. 
But Steelers-Vikings, uh, it's an 8:20 kickoff. Steve Burns in studio with us. By the way, if anybody out there listening is alone and has no family or friends to watch the game with, uh, just let me know because I need to borrow some chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's going to be up in Erie this weekend with Bill. They're going to be uh, performing tomorrow night and Saturday night at Keller's Magic and Comedy Club. Comedy and Magic Club. It's Magic and Comedy. Okay. In that order. MC. Because uh, apparently the guy who the club is named after was a very famous magician from Erie. Yes. Not that famous. Randy should know. I know him. Byron Keller. I made up the first name. I don't know. <laughs> he's a bit. We're I all, think that was a tight end for the Browns. There's a statue. Of no, him. that's Demervius. <laughs> Demervius. <laughs> NFL playoffs are almost here, and to help you stay on top of the action, FanDuel Sportsbook, in partnership with Valley Forge, is giving you a $10 bonus when you place $20 in same-game parlay bets. Bet on a single game or spread your bets out across multiple matchups. It's up to you. As long as you bet 20 bucks in same-game parlays during the same week of NFL action, you're getting a $10 bonus. Now, tonight, for instance, I'd go Big Ben over passing yards. I'd go Dalvin Cook under rushing yards. And I would go Najee Harris. No. Fryermuth over receptions. I like him. They're going to utilize like the middle this. of the field tonight. Maybe I'm wrong. But if I am and you bet 20 bucks, you get 10 bucks back. That's the best thing about same game parlays. Plus with FanDuel, fast payouts, easy to use. It's America's number one sports book. This same game parlay bonus is live during weeks 13, 14, and 15. So lock in some winners today. Enjoy the $10 bonus on FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, sign up with promo code Randy to get 30 to 1 odds on either team to win in the Browns Ravens rematch. You can win $150 on a $5 bet. That's promo code Randy exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Got to be 21 or older, present in Pennsylvania. Bonus issued as non withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1 8. Snap. Fakes the handoff. Pumps. Throws it down the middle. Wide open, Deontay. And that is a Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. Baltimore jumped the wrong way. And Deontay said, Thank you very much. Right to left across the field, pulled it in inside the 10, and walked into the end zone. Kind of caught me off guard. Um, I, I don't think that I deserve it. I think a lot of guys deserve it, and we deserve it as a group. But um, it's always humbling when you play this team at home, and coach recognizes you like that. So it's it's kind of cool. Big Ben gets the game ball. This oh, past, is, that, is that what he was talking about? This past Sunday. I thought he just thought Tomlin recognized like, Oh, hey, Ben, how you doing? I know you. <laughs> Nice game. Ben got rid of the game ball in 2.3 seconds. Gonna, I mean, that's huge for him to get that ball. I think so. Against the Ravens in, at home, and, maybe his last home game against the, the Balt Birdies. How many has he got left in that arm of his? Can he, like, maybe five more? Six, seven, maybe eight? So I was looking up Super Bowl nine. Steelers Vikings going on ProFootballReference.com and they have it play by play like every single play is listed and I start reading it off to Mike and I go Fred Cox kicks off 43 yards returned by Preston Pearson for 15 yards I didn't know Preston Pearson played for the Steelers before he played for the Cowboys he did but you told me something about Fred Cox that was hilarious yeah uh, inventor of the Nerf football from Pittsburgh <laughs> what? what Pitt guy went to Pitt kicked for the Vikings. He probably and, made more money off the Nerf football. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> he did. 
kicking for the Vikings. Those guys made about 12 bucks back then. I don't know if kids now appreciate I don't know if they use Nerf Oh, football. Nerf is still huge. Yeah, okay. massive. Huge. The, the staple of spring break. You get a Nerf football. Oh, my God. You I play on the beach. And I'll never forget my buddy. But you don't realize that it soaks up all the water. Waterlogged. Yeah. And now you're chucking a, a rock. bomb. Yeah. <laughs> and I got, it went right through my hands and hit the jewels. And I went down for oh. the count in the water, submerged Blowing bubbles, just <laughs> how was bubbles? Panama Beach. <laughs> bubbles is good. Bubbles yeah. is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Panama City cool Beach. Dude. That's yeah. where I went. We That's just talked about that the other day. That's where you went on your. Uh, yeah. Uh, how many girls did you go with? Uh, there were four of us. Was it more like uh, Spring Break 1984 movie, or where the boys are 1960? Nah, somewhere in between. Somewhere like okay. yeah. So 73. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, isn't that where you barfed in a bar? Uh, no, in the parking lot of the bar. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a girl. Yeah, oh, you have to. Did you go break. to Sharky's? Yes. Yep. Yeah, and my butt. Well, <laughs> off air. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Stand it now. There you go. Yeah, proud of you. Uh, when's the last time you barfed in a bar? Oh God, I don't. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm not a big. It, it takes a lot to get me to to, to barf. Get to the point. It does, and I, yeah. I I thought for sure I would have seen it by now. I'm like the Kobayashi of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just keep it coming. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dana or no? What the hell's that? What's the other guy's name? Dana. The, Dana Carvey. Dana Gould. No, 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 Dana. no, no, no. Not Dana. Get Dana out of your head. The oh, um, the other Asian. The Chestnut. hot dog. Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Joey Chestnut. He just yeah. won something again. He just he just did another. It was shrimp, I think. Yeah. Shrimp cocktail. <laughs> so Most shrimp cocktail. He, he ate seven hundred and fifty-eight of them. <laughs> no, it was literally something like that, dude. Oh yeah, I saw him. That he has his own YouTube show, and my kids got what? into it. Yeah, he has his own YouTube channel. And it's him eating 200 pieces of sushi in one of them. Come on. I swear to God. It's this humongous table of sushi, and he just starts at the outer rim and works his way all the way in, and it is nasty. Oh, God. What are there, five shrimp in a shrimp cocktail? I mean, it depends. All right, let's say four. All right, four. So you eat 700 of them? I mean, I don't know what the actual number is. Of the cocktails? So that's what? 2,800 Like a blue whale doesn't eat that much. <laughs> he ate 18 pounds, 9.6 ounces of cocktail shrimp in eight minutes. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's oh, insane. So 18 pounds. How is that? Can't be good for you. <laughs> He's got to have gout. He has to have gout. <laughs> All the shellfish and hot dogs that dude eats, that's like gout fuel. <laughs> they put that study out where a hot dog takes minutes off your life. He should be dead. He should not be alive at all. Well, maybe he was going to live to be 193. <laughs> well, if he does, I'll buy him lunch. Uh, well, that's going to cost you a lot. <laughs> yeah, <it was laughs> you imagine that dude shows going up to, to the cookout and you're Chester. like, damn yeah. it. <laughs> oh. Well, I wonder how much he eats just when he's, if he stays, when he's training. Right, if recreationally. He stays, yes. Well, no, that's, that's the competitive. I don't know. Like, yeah, what do you eat in your downtime? Does he like food at all? Or does it all make you sick? Is it like a gynecologist? After a while, you're like, eh, could take it or leave it. <laughs> seen too many. Not saying anything. <laughs> Steve Byrne. He and uh, Bill are going to be up in Erie this weekend doing comedy. And then back for the New Year's Eve holiday at the Improv, New Year's Steve with Bill Crawford and Gary Cannon.
You won't want to miss that. 412-462-5233. Improv.com to get tickets for that. And uh, great hanging with you this morning, too, buddy. Love you guys. It's so good to see you. Thank you, guys. Love you right back. And uh, I'm glad that uh, Gary joined the conversation online. He was trolling us on Twitter the whole yep. show. Oh, I, I didn't see. I don't know see... if you caught that. Thank I, God you didn't. I, I don't think, think he blocked me. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know if he tagged I you in slighted. any of these. Yeah, he I said, feel... "Listening now, so glad you didn't want me to call in. Just play the holiday music." <laughs> <laughs> God bless Gary Cannon. Um, Steelers, Vikings tonight. This is it, Mike. They lose this one. It's pretty much uh, hang on for. See, I know you keep saying that, but uh, let it play out. Let it right, play out. That's fine, but they're running out of lifelines. Well. It'd be better to win than lose. I'll go out on a limb and say that. Mike Pursuit will be part of the pregame broadcast on the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network, broadcast right here on DVE. Here he is with the preamble for tonight's kickoff for the network, Steelers-Vikings, 820 on DVE. Ooh, Minnesotan Bob Dylan, I like it. An unmistakable component of last Sunday's dramatic victory over Baltimore was an inability to tell some of the players without a scorecard. Number 57 at nose tackle, number 25 on the corner, and the fifth option at left guard, number 77, turned out to be the charm. Benny Snell even got the ball two times in the fourth quarter, and Justin Lane was trusted in the dime. Nothing inspires invention more than necessity, except perhaps desperation. The ability of the previously unheralded, if not unrecognizable, to ante up and kick in turned out to be critical in a had-to-have-it escape against the Ravens. Montrevious Adams, Akello Witherspoon, and John LeGlue aren't unrecognizable anymore. But nor were they alone in keeping hope afloat heading into Minnesota. T.J. Watt was a one-man wrecking crew off the edge. Micah Fitzpatrick came up with an end zone interception. And the old gunslinger conjured up another comeback. That's what kept the Steelers' playoff prospects viable, if not likely. The complimentary contributions were timely, and more may yet be required. But it's the old pros and the all pros we're going to have to take the Steelers where they still intend to go. Cam Hayward needs to be the man of the hour, if not the man of the year. Watt needs to be the DPOY, if not the MVP. And Big Ben's going to have to ride himself off into the sunset if he's to script a happy ending. Are you ready for some football? A rookie of the year effort from Najee Harris likewise wouldn't hurt against the Vikings. Neither would Deontay Johnson continuing to perfect his Antonio Brown impression in the clutch. Oh, the glue, you've done it again. May someday become a rallying cry. It's the recognizable names and numbers who will have to do the heavy lifting until then. Yeah, Mike, get a set. Yeah, let's go. Steve, my obituary. That was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Little uh, shelter from the storm in the uh, indoor facility in Minneapolis. I love it. Yes, thematic consistency uh, always uh, present. You might have gone Prince. But I'm glad you did. I might have, but I went Dylan. Pre-game Thank God you Look did. Look how he said it was... If it was purple rain tonight, we're in trouble. Yeah, that's right. R-E-I-G. Yeah, that's probably toxic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Purple rain. Purple rain. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. Call the government. It's like pumping iron. Pumping iron. Sweating steel. Pee and blood. Something's wrong. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this seems bad. Thanks to that Big Cat great, Mike. from Pardon My Take. Thanks to Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Thanks to Dave Damashek from Extra Points Podcast, Minus Three Podcast. And thanks to Steve Byrne for hanging out with us all morning long. Chris Winters in for Michelle Michaels with your electric lunch coming up next on DVE. 
I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Oh, you always say ah at the end of the ride. Mm -hmm. Boom! You better pick him up and put him down!